What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sanhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Now Jermaine Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh god, he might have me. Do you think Peña has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think it's that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our persons against one another, and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's gonna win this fight. He's gonna throw combinations of Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left on a lot so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak. So absolutely what's happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it's just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. <laughs> Fightful. Steven yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekend Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for life. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. You're watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds, episode 26. Um, not sure all what we're going to talk about. It's probably actually going to be kind of WWE heavy, which has been uh, definitely not the trend we've been doing, but 
Um, it's kind of a died down day. Um, but we do have quite a bit to talk about with AEW based on the dynamite that we saw, based on the rampage that we saw. So um, should be a pretty good night tonight. How are you tonight, Steven? Doing well. What's up to everyone in the chat? See y'all joining. See y'all trickling in. Appreciate y'all being here. I'm just, Absolutely. you know, hanging out. Uh, I'll actually do some work tonight that I got to get caught up on so that tomorrow I can go hit golf balls and go to Dave and Buster's and watch some AEW. So looking forward to tomorrow. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's all good, man. And uh, my thoughts are out to Jesse. I know she's, you know, rough rough time right now in the hospital and all that so anyone who's watching this show jesse having some love i know she could uh she'd appreciate it so uh so yeah how about you man yeah yeah actually i felt bad we didn't mention that yet last week uh i'm glad you mentioned that definitely i've i've wished her positive encouragement and just trying to give her some solid advice going through some tough times um i think it's really awesome how AEW showed up and really showed support that's that that just shows how much more they're connected to the fans. Like you might be able to get maybe a WWE superstar here or there, but I mean, she got a lot of mentions, a lot of support. So I think that's really super cool. Yeah. And it's worth mentioning. I don't know how much she's like said publicly about like who's reached out. She sent me stuff privately that I know she would be fine with me sharing, um, yeah. you know, and just so people know kind of what Doug's talking about and, and uh, just AEW as a company, how much respect I already have for them, but how much more I have now after all this with Jesse is like, I mean, Cody and Brandy sent her balloons and stuff to her hospital room. Uh, wow. T- Tony Khan direct messaged her. Like, I mean, wow. I mean, it's like, and and I, I've like the majority of the roster has at, at the very least tweeted her. So it's yeah. like, but on top of that, like, Cody and Brandy, the big bad villains that everybody thinks are these just terrible people. That's the kind of stuff behind the scenes, you know, and she and Jesse would never brag about this, but I'm just bringing it up because it's the kind of stuff that people don't take into consideration. Like they found out where she was at and sent her physical gifts as like well wishes. Tony Khan, Tony Khan took the time out of his day to send her this nice message on, you know, about being a part of the AW family. And it's like, it, I mean, it's just, you know, that's the kind of stuff that people, it, I hate that it's a circumstance like what Jesse's going through, obviously, but it's like, that's, that's the stuff that people need to keep in mind that you don't see on the screen. It's all, it's all companies like, like WWE, we can talk bad about them and we will today, trust me. But like, <laughs> you know, when I see that they do like, they do stuff with the special Olympics. Like, I think it's great that they do stuff with the special Olympics. You know, like there's, there's a lot of stuff yeah. they do behind the scenes that it, that are really great things. That just yep. get overshadowed by all the negativity. So there's, but but to the just to the point, really, that I'm trying to make is you know AEW. I I'm I'm blown away by the amount of support I've seen for Jesse from AEW. I think it's it's incredible. Yeah, no, I was very impressed too. Um, and it's like you you don't know like if they felt like since all the success that they've kind of gotten big time now and it's not how they all started and you're kind of like well are the bucks even still cool with cody like are they big time now and then when you see stuff like that you're like wow this it's the same company it's the same people that started this thing you know what i mean for sure and the the young bucks direct messaged her as well they were another one i mean like not even just like tweets like hey at jesse davin i mean those are obvious that's incredible but like to take the time to like message someone directly like have a real conversation like that's 
So yeah, I mean, that's to your point, the young bucks, Cody, all Kenny center. Romantic, I mean, all of them. I mean, it's like, anyway, so. Well, and, and I was going to say too, there's certain wrestlers out there that, that without even notice, like you wouldn't even know, but they've reached out to people during difficult times. Like, uh, I know somebody that was like a definitely like a PWG loyalist. And when he was in a bad, bad shape, Kevin Steen direct messaged him, Chris Hero direct messaged him. And it was just because he's just a diehard fan and he always goes to PWG and stuff like that. So there's definitely like when I saw that um, Chris Dickinson's going through some tough times right now with uh, his injuries. And Chris Hero has been messaging him like that. Like that's not just because he's a pro wrestler. Like Chris Hero has done that for fans. Like it's just the, and that's one thing too. Like when you, and, and, and I, I feel like a lot of people haven't really been able to experience this as much, but like when you really get to like meet these people at like fan events and things like that, like very rarely are you going to have a bad experience. But go to like a Comic Con and meet like an actual celebrity, like a Hollywood celebrity. It probably won't go that well. I'm just saying. Yeah. When I I remember even like years ago, like with you and Bill, I remember you talking about like going to TNA shows and like Dixie Carter coming up and like giving you all a hug because it's like y'all were like she knew who you you were because you were the big guys on YouTube always promoting. Uh, the company i mean it's like i mean it, it's yeah it, it's just well, and i know somebody that like ran into tony khan after double or nothing at the mgm grand and he was like totally nice to him took a picture with him everything like he didn't big time him at all so uh i i just think they have a different mindset they have a different mentality um and i feel like wwe probably you know and i saw this stupid like picture and it was like no matter how big AEW gets they're never going to have a match like this and it was a picture of Cena versus The Rock and I'm like dude for that match to even happen you needed 20 years you needed The Rock to be over such a um it's such a huge way like as, as bigger, larger than life. And you had to establish Cena the same way for them to even clash. Like people all think that where AEW is at in three years is where they're going to be at in 10 years is where they're going to be at in 20 years. There's a thing called growth and AEW year over year has grown. Like, and if you look at their pay-per-view numbers, like people are like, Oh man, like 145,000 isn't the best for full year. But Full Gear last year did 85,000. You yeah, know what a, I mean? That's a humongous win to have that much growth. At, Big time. It's, it's, damn yeah. near, it's damn near double. It's damn near double. And so, and especially all out. So these are full um, price pay-per-views too. This isn't like yes. some $10 a month, $5 a month type thing, or even like Fight TV, like 15 bucks type thing. Like this is like for real $50 pay-per-view yep. people are willing to spend their money on. Absolutely. And I mean, I... I'll do it all day. Like I love their, their pay-per-views. There's nothing like a pay-per-view AEW weekend. Like it's the best. So, um, and not only that, like, like I know people that went to all out, they're dying to go to revolution. If they're not going to revolution, they're definitely going to double or nothing. Like people make sure that the new trip is not WrestleMania. The new trip is an AEW pay-per-view. That's where people want to go. Yeah. And I mean, 
like I've talked about it before on here, I'm going to AEW Dynamite next week live, uh, you know, here in Atlanta. And that was a no brainer. And WWE has got a pay-per-view coming here a month from then. And just no interest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I, I can't even stomach the idea of going to WrestleMania. Like I have absolutely no desire to go to WrestleMania. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, because well, there's a lot of factors in that, and I think the biggest, like the biggest overlying one, there's a ton of individual issues. But like, it, it's like WrestleMania doesn't feel like anything bigger than anything else that you watch any WWE pay per view. That it, it isn't like a big, you know, it used to be like this humongous deal, and now it's just like every other. But that's all of their pay per views. That's all the the branded Hell in a Cell and and Money in the Bank and all this stuff. That's like just the this. It's just. The same old thing year after year. WrestleMania, they're gonna pretend like it's the biggest show of the year, but in and but in rea- it used to be that WrestleMania was the blow off for all the big stuff, and then the next night would set up the whole next year, and they were yep. booking backwards. And now it's yep. like when you go to WrestleMania, you know that you're gonna just see that rematch like within weeks on another WWE pay-per-view, and they're gonna wrestle each other over and over, and just, like just nothing feels special about it. Yeah, and I and I'll say that one thing that that's kind of not surprised me, but listening to a Nick Khan interview or reading it actually, he said that they plan on having five stadium shows next year. So, Oof, which if which stadiums? If there's five stadium shows next year, like what makes Mania special? Right. When Saudi Arabia is like the new Mania for them. Right. Well, it, 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 but I mean, that show's not even that good. But like, Royal Rumble will be a stadium show. I feel like, oh, uh, SummerSlam probably will be a stadium show. Money in the Bank is probably going to be in Vegas, but it's not going to be a stadium show. But I mean, they're probably going to do two Saudi shows. So I would think that would be a two stadium shows. So it's just another pay per view, whatever they decide. Um, but. One thing that I really noticed, and this was a, it, it, it was kind of like a light bulb, right? They've been talking about these WWE documentaries, and a lot of people haven't picked up on what this real issue is. Why did the Lex Luger documentary go away? Why is the ultimate fan of, um, God, Yvonne or whatever his name is why, yeah, is, yeah. why is that going away? And what they're trying to do is they're trying to sell the rights to A&E for documentaries. That's exactly what they're trying to do. So now you get less value in your WWE network because it doesn't matter. You're buying it for the live event. What they're trying to do is spread everything out through all these different marketeers and make a bunch of money. That's really what this is about. This is Vladimir. Thank you, uh, Kogan. This is not about um, like it's such a corporate idea now to just basically go as global as you can and spread out, make deals for every bit of content you can. So documentaries make a deal on that live events, make a deal on that live network television, make a deal on that. Like this is just what they're going to do. This is their plan. And it doesn't matter about the quality. That's what people just aren't understanding is they don't give a crap about the quality. They care about having an event 
to distribute to a consumer and to and to sell to a network or whatever to sell to somebody that wants to purchase having live events like that is the whole point of their game and if they have i wouldn't be surprised if they tried to sell their tele their their history right like their film library to somebody else and take that off the network eventually like maybe amazon prime has the old stuff but the but peacock you're always going to get the live event stuff you know what i mean like this is the type of stuff that they plan on doing it's wild because like <clears throat> i can't remember how long ago it was already when the wwe network launched in like 2013 or whatever it was um and then it was like they were going the right direction with all this. It was like, yes. you got the pay-per-views, you got everything. And yep. where they probably made the mistake is they should have. And now as a fan, I liked that everything was only $10, but right. like as a company, they probably should have done something where it was like, you know, WrestleMania was still, you know, 30 or $50 or whatever. Like the bigger ones you should have still paid for, but that way they keep, pumping more money into it or maybe it's you know 15 or 20 dollars a month instead of 10 a lot of fans would have paid that for all that right. content but but now it's like they had it like they it was, the, the original WWE network knocked it out of the park but yep. then now they're in this position where they're like weaning stuff off of the network yes um, so you're giving you less value and i think part of that is the peacock deal too it's like i saw the writing on the wall when they sold the like or they sent the rights to peacock because yep. i was like Oh, they're okay with just being like a tab on this bigger platform. Like they That's don't care exactly about being what they are. and they don't care about being the platform anymore. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think that. Well, and then think too is right now they have um, an international network. The WWE network is still the international Right. Wait, so they sell those rights. Of course. Like, yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, all they're just doing is just looking to sell everything that they can to just make max profits. And yet, and it's like, yes, the releases, like, I understand. I mean, I just think the biggest thing is, is they have to admit, or you can figure it out, like, whatever their goal was, this whole, like, global expansion and having so many people on a roster because they're going to have so many different shows and so many different uh you know, on so many different countries and different nxts in different countries and all this other nonsense like it failed it completely failed and they and it or it got the rug pulled out of it before it even had a chance to succeed, whichever one you want to pick. And I think COVID affected that too. I'm sure huge, you know, so huge. Like, to be fair, but I, but yeah, you're, you're right about all this though. Yes. Huge. But I honestly feel like this is kind of what the goal would have been. If Nick Khan took over, regardless of COVID or not, it just accelerated everything. Sure. Yeah. I think, and I so, think you're right about that. Yeah. And so my thing is, is it's like, there's going to be so many more releases guys like there is there is not like they don't need a lot of people based now on what they want to do and like to see scotty too hottie ask for his release and say that like the black and gold was a time that he'll cherish forever like there's no way that other people aren't feeling that same thing like the whole developmental system that they have now to me is just such a disaster and it also is leaving such a huge void 
in pro wrestling for for basically because Ring of Honor goes out of business, basically, and WWE has basically said they're not interested in those type of wrestlers. So it's like just a double whammy of like not opportunity for either place anymore. So it's it's a weird time in professional wrestling. I do think that um, there will be eventually something else that pops up. There has to be more either a huge indie or whatever, but there's got to be more companies coming because there's just way too much talent available that, and what frustrates me is it's like, it's not even just guys that have been on TV that are released or whatever. Like there's so much up and coming talent as well. And so I, I, I just don't know. I think, I think we're in six, going to be entering some really crazy times in 2022. I think 2022 is going to be a huge year for independent wrestling and pro wrestling in general. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It'll be, I mean, now is the best time ever for somebody to come up with a new promotion, like a, like a new legitimate promotion, someone who has money and like the vision and the knowledge of wrestling, like an Eric Bischoff or like a triple H or a Jeff Jarrett or something like that. I mean, like somebody who, knows what they're doing and can get funding because you know, honestly if i'm them though like i'm looking for a tony khan like guy well like, i mean I'm that's best case a, scenario of course but but not just i'm not talking about that i'm just talking about like i will invest in like a long-term long-time fan like tony khan that has his pulse on the whole wrestling scene because the problem is if we get an eric bischoff if we get a jeff jarrett i think you're gonna be focused so much more on like television and stuff like that and not pro wrestling which and one thing i found interesting i'm kind of going all over the place but rocky romero said that like AEW understands new japan and wwe basically doesn't and so it's like they know how to present new japan and that has made their partnership work so much better and it's just the beginning they have big plans so i think that's really cool yeah, I mean, I think all these companies could be doing this together, and they kind of have proven that already. I, the Tony Khan thing, like, I mean, there's got to be someone else out there. I mean, Tony Khan's just like the literal perfect person for AEW. It's like Vince McMahon's biggest nightmare is a Tony Khan. Like, yeah, it, there was no doubt about it. Like, but then again, like, I didn't really know who Tony Khan was pre AEW. Like, I'm sure there are more really, really rich people around our age that are lifelong fans that are seeing this and going, the talent pool of available wrestlers right now is you can start another company easy right now easy. with all the people available. Um, you don't even need to, you don't even to necessarily do weekly TV, although, like, there is an opening for it right now with like ROH being gone and, and like impact has like no buzz. NWA has like no buzz. MLW's buzz kind of comes and goes depending on what they're doing. But like, you know, if you could even be anything like a GCW and just run like monthly shows or something and just get the yep. best available talent and, and build a fan base and just get people, people to keep coming back to, to keep watching it. Like you could, I think you could totally, have another GCW type company right now with, with the talent available. I think it'd be pretty easy. Actually. I, I think what you could do is like a GCW type company with way less, like you don't even really need death matches, honestly, sure. you're trying to appeal to a different audience and more storyline centric, right? Like belts, things matter. 
it's not just about winning and losing and whatever onto the next show just to have like bangers, like actual, like, you know, throw little video packages here or there, like clean it up a little bit, basically make it like 2016, 2017 ROH. And I think that you could get a lot of attention from that from people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I would definitely wouldn't have it really centered around death matches, something new because GCW has pretty much got that covered. Yeah. Um, and there's a, a ton of indie promotions, of course, that do it. Like no ICW NHB does that really, really well. I love their pit fighter shows and their no old bar shows. Like um, some of my favorite stuff on IWTV. Use code Fight Talk IWTV. But yeah, I mean the the this is the best time. I mean, if Triple H actually left the WWE, like yeah, he could totally do this. I like, agree. and he already has relationships with like most of the people he could hire because he hired yep. him in NXT and they're not in WWE anymore. Like, yep. he, he could do it so easily. Well, there's um, so many people too that would like like they go to AEW because that seems like the best work environment and all that stuff, but like. If Triple H called you and said, like, I could give you, like, a lot of ring time, I could feature you and all that, and over there it's kind of crowded, like, I feel like a lot of people would go over there, you know what I mean? So, yeah. it would be interesting. And I bet you if, like, if Triple H bails, Sean probably bails, too, Sean Michaels. For sure. Um, For sure. I mean, imagine them ha running their own company without, like, the restraints of, like, having to clear things with Vince McMahon. Like, if they could just... And, and they, if they really knew what was going on and really had their finger on the pulse of the, I mean, imagine Shawn Michaels with like Jordan Oliver, like to be like, just mold this kid into yeah. something big. You know what I mean? Like, just like, he, there's so much talent out there that like Shawn Michaels doesn't even know exists probably. Like yeah. Triple H kind of has his finger on the pulse. You could tell that through who he was signing with NXT over the years. Right. But like Shawn, I think just mainly like, and this is all speculation, but I think Shawn just kind of like, sees them once they're there and then he like you know finds the people he likes out of that group and, and you know gargano and adam cole and those kind of guys but like imagine if Shawn michaels went out and like scouted the indies right now like and he could be like oh wow out like you know and uh, like what frustrates me is like people think that if aew doesn't want them then like they're not good enough but like dude they're just full okay there's so much good talent in the indies sure. and just in Texas alone. Like when I buy a ticket to a Texas show, I mean, I see like extremely talented people. Like I went to Loco, right? I mean, Brian Keith, Mysterious Q, Gino Medina, ASF, Chris Carter. You've got Roxy. You've got Rachel Rose. I mean, Mysterious I Q. Oh yeah, I, I and like there's there's did you, just, did you mention him? You might mention I did, but it's okay. Yeah. But there's just so many people that like like basically all Texas has to do to book shows is book the Texas stars and bring in a couple of indie stars, and the show is done. Like it's booked. Ninja Madrick. Ninja Mac, right? Um but like the 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 new Texas show December eighteenth that I'm going to Daniel Garcia Lee Moriarty both are going to be there and but you're also probably going to get Daniel Garcia versus like Brian Keith and like people don't understand like Brian Keith is really over in Texas too so it's really dope and um, and like even like if you want to do deathmatch right Sadika is hella over at Loco. She's like one of the main, she was the main event. She, she's, she's a big death match person over there. 
You know, um, you, you need to get Hoodfoot over there. Who? Hoodfoot. You ever seen Hoodfoot? Mo Atlas. Uh-huh. Oh man, he's been around for a little a little while now. He does a lot of like yeah. Paradigm Pro. Uh, he's been doing more of SUP, really big with ICW, no holds barred. But he started doing death matches over the last couple months. Like he would get so over in in loco for you guys. Yeah. Like it would be huge. Anyways, there was a, keep there your was eye a on death him. match guy, uh, Ruben something. He did death matches over there, and he got injured, but he should be back coming soon. I don't remember what his last name was, but people are talking about Ruben. Ruben should be back soon. Um, but it's such a weird vibe, loco man. Like they they have a little bit of everything. I mean, like, you have Deathmatch, but then you have, like, a straight-up technical, like, Japanese-style match with Robert Martyr and Brian Keith. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. which was really good, by the way. Um, it was funny, too, because Bill was there, and, like, I told him that Robert Martyr's, like, Daniel Garcia's, like, protege. Yeah. So that got his attention. And, like, after the match, they went to intermission, and, like, I wanted to get a picture with Robert Martyr, Bill's normally not about that, but he was like, I, I want to go ahead and get a picture with him too. So I was like, okay, cool. But it was cool. It's like he'd never been to Texas ever his whole life. And so he was talking about how cool it was. And he said that he's he was dying to get here because this is like the Texas of like like PWG of Texas. And I was like, damn. Like, and then I heard from people in the crowd, they flew from New York to come to see the show for the weekend. Like they went to GCWA, which is Gulf Coast uh, Wrestling uh, some Alliance Association. Some, I don't know. But, like, Sammy used to work there a lot. And uh, Chris Carter and ASF had a match there, and they had it for the title. It's like the up-and-coming riser or whatever. And uh, Chris Carter won the belt. And then they rematched at Loco, and that match was ridiculous. I, I don't know. Did you see that apron bump off the uh, top rope? I can't remember. I was retweeting some stuff, but, like, I mean, it, it was basically going to be a Spanish fly, and they turned, and ASF just slammed Chris oh, Carter right on the side yeah, of the apron. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. Um, but yeah, but I, I'll tell you this: I listen. Mickey Knuckles is trash. Oh, like no, I, I thought I, I, she I, was <laughs> awful. Honestly, probably the worst match I've ever seen live. It was between her and some other chick, and like. They twisted each other's nipples. They kissed each other. They did all sorts of stuff. And it was supposed to be a death match. And, like, they, I mean, they just put each other through, like, a table. It was nothing crazy. But, like, dude, like, Bill is not about that (laughs) at all, right? And so he's already disgusting because Mickey Knuckles is coming out with her whole ass out. I mean, everything. And it's not like she's got the most flattering body or anything. But... She comes out, whole ass out and everything, and Bill's already disgusted. And then they get, they sit each on a chair across from each other, and it's like they slap each other's boobs, and then they kiss each other, and then the, she twists the nipples. And I mean, Bill is just like, this is so stupid. This is disgusting, you know? And uh, I literally am like having like cracked ribs laughing so hard like it was so funny to see it you dm me like dude bill is like see like yeah so anyways i told him i was gonna take pictures of the match and just send them to him randomly every now and then just to piss him off (laughs) but then like they did like this shoot thing at the end because it was like sadika versus this um puerto rican death match lady 
And Mickey Knuckles just comes in and just starts beating the living piss out of Sadika. She hits her with a huge chair shot to the head, like unprotected, just levels her. And then she takes the mask and um, she cuts this ridiculous promo at the end, but nobody was there for that. But like you see it later on. But like they acted like a shoot because low uh, low rider is Sadika's husband in real life, and like when she starts attacking her, low rider goes to like push her away and like try to kick her out of the building. And there was a lot of people that are confused, thinking it was a shoot. But they're going to set up Mickey Knuckles and Sadika for January. I know they are. Um, but man, it was fun. Like like Joe Alonzo got thrown off the top of the cage. And as soon as he did, like, he was immediately holding, like, his ribs. I asked if he was okay. He said not really, so I don't know how bad he was hurt. But um, they threw up the X a lot on that one. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good show. The scramble match was dope. I can't wait for GCW. Oh, by the way, Ninja Mac had a match that would have gave Jim Cornette an absolute heart attack. I mean, the man would have probably passed out and died in the Houston Premier Arena. So have you ever heard of the triple A wrestler Iguana? Yeah. So he was the one that replaced Alex Zane. And Ninja Mac tried to do this promo where basically like, thank you, Loco. I'm going to be leaving. Unfortunately, Alex Zane wasn't here tonight, so I can't wrestle, but he's in bare feet. And um, he's like, you know, I, I appreciate it, guys, but I have to get clearance now because I've signed, so I just can't have a random match until they give me the approval. And then the freaking guy shows up, Iguana, and he has this, like, pet Iguana, but it's just a stuffed animal. Yeah, I see. I saw him at Triple Mania this year. I'm there pretty you sure. Go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the whole match was basically Ninja Mac fighting him and the stuffed animal Iguana. And the Iguana gave Ninja Mac a Canadian destroyer oh, and all that stuff. Like constant one-two pin, one-two pin, one-two-three. Like, like I mean, like Ninja Mac's flipping, then he pins him, then he flips. Like, it was ridiculous. Um and so, yeah, there was there was some weird stuff that happened, but like you still see Ninja Mac hit a six thirty. He still does crazy <laughs> stuff, but it was a it was a bizarre match to say the least. But nice. I'm super bummed he's gonna leave though. But he said he said he's leaving for Japan, so I, I'm stoked he's gonna be at the Hammerstein Ballroom show. I think that's great, but I, I don't think you're gonna see him much more in GCW after that. So um, yeah. that sucks. Yeah. But he'll 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 be better for when he comes back to the states after going over there. Yes, um, um, I did this Mickey Knuckles. <laughs> she so I'll I'll give her this right. Incredibly charismatic. Okay, she she would be a hell of a manager. Okay, ridiculous in, in the like just trash. I thought she was awful. I was not a fan at all. Maybe that was just her worst performance. I think her and Sadiko probably have a pretty damn good match, but man, that was rough. Interesting. Yeah, I'll I'll have to check that out. I'm going to uh, I'm going to Terminus on uh, Oh, you are. in January in Atlanta. Yeah, Fightful's sending me over there uh, as like the Fightful presence for the show cuz they really wanted Sean to go. Um, but you know, logistically you couldn't go and I'm close. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because they announced Daniel Garcia as the first like official 
participant in that. And yep. That's a good example of what we were talking about before with like opportunities to, to, you know, start companies right now is like Terminus, even if they only run monthly or bi-monthly or whatever, like, you know, if you can get, if, if you can create buzz and just run those shows every month or every few months, like, that's awesome because it's going to be a different type of style, like a kind of a blood sport type thing that they're doing with it. Yeah. So know? I was wondering, is it like blood sport, but like with grappling? Is that I, kind I, of I be, what it I believe like? so. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's going to be different. It's going to be a true alternative. Like, uh, and I mean, if Jonathan Gresham is behind it, you know, it's going to in Baron black, like it's going to be like, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be real. I would have won anyways, but like, it's a bonus that, you know, Fightful like asked if I wanted to go, like, I'll just like, hell yeah. Like, why are you going to go anyways? So that, that's on like, in like the middle of January though, but yeah. I am, I am, I am looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to hearing, like, I'm sure like Robert Martyr and like those type of dudes will, will be involved. Yep. Um. So yeah, but that's a uh, shout out to, to Terminus. I think it should, I think it's going to be it should be something different I, I love those blood sport events so i'm hoping this is like if it's anything like that i think it's going to be really good yeah no i mean it, and honestly like like if i if i could put over just a couple of people that you guys really need to look out in texas uh brian keith mysterious q and chris carter like i i think chris carter is one of those guys like he he has a little darby in him and not just that, like, there's, like, when I buy a ticket and I know Chris Carter's on the card, I know there's going to be some amazing stuff. Like, he's just one of those guys that just always gives you your money's worth. So, definitely recommend Chris Carter as well. Um, and see, that's just Texas. So, like, there's people in California, there's people in Chicago, there's people in New York. Like, there's so many guys out there, St. Louis there's so many guys out there now that are blowing up. And uh, that's why I, I'm somewhat nervous that a lot of these kids aren't going to get a chance because there's so many free agents out there as well. So hopefully things work out. Um, Dante Leone as well. I'm a big fan. So, yeah, there's going to be, um, there's going to be a lot of, a uh, lot of up and coming talent. And you know, what's crazy is if you go back, cause I remember like, not not sarcastically, but I didn't. I wasn't even watching GCW when we talked about WrestleMania. Like it wasn't even on my radar, and I was like, "What was what was good? What was good? Like what 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 was good over the collective? Well, what did you have? You know?" And I remember you tweeting about it and thinking, "Like okay, whatever." Next, and then you're like, "I'm like, if you could name an MVP of the of like the collective, what would it have been?" And you were like, "Daniel Garcia by far." And I was just like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to try to at least look him out, right? So then I started, like, going through some GCW shows. Daniel Garcia, saw Dante Leone, saw Ninja Mac, saw Lee Moriarty. Like, and now look where all of them are right now. Like, it's it's pretty incredible. Like, if you look at Ninja Mac's run, like, that really started, like, at the beginning of the year, like, around March. And now look where he's at like it's it's pretty phenomenal just how fast things can move once you get some buzz you know what i mean yeah for sure and that's that's the power of all these streaming platforms yes. that's why a company like pwg it's mind-blowing to me that they they don't have live uh 
or in that you have to wait so long on top of it not being live to watch these shows like that that's a big part of it is before because it was so controlled and like the independent scene was so kind of underground it took people a lot longer to break out now with like social media and all the streaming and all that stuff like someone has like a sick match on you know uh, you know, a, sh a show would in Chattanooga, Tennessee, or whatever, that winds up blowing up on the internet or something. Next thing you know, everyone's talking about this wrestler or that wrestler, yep. and then they start getting booked more places. A guy like AJ Gray winds up everywhere. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just like, um, so it's uh, I think that's what a lot that has to, that has to do with it. Like before, guys that were talented, some of them would, would be grinding the indies for, you know, a decade before anyone was even paying attention or gave them like a real chance. And now it's like, if you're good and people get to see you within like a year or two, you could be one of the biggest guys and one of the biggest stars in the whole thing. Yeah. And one thing that's really cool too now is that because of the Tony cons, you're allowed to be a superstar and still work the indies. Yep. Which is going to elevate the independent talent. You know what I mean? And give you super like, dude, hog wrestling in December is low key versus buddy Murphy, buddy Matthews and Alistair black versus amazing red. Like that is ridiculous. <laughs> awesome. You know what I mean? And so like, there's just always going to be something to, that is going to catch buzz or something. Like I said, I think 2022 is going to be crazy for the Indies. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I like. I honestly think I was talking about this earlier on the distraction show that we were doing for uh, normally for Ring of Honor. We did it for Impact today, but like, um, I'm, I'm like legitimately curious. I, I don't know if there's any way of ever being able to prove or know what the numbers are, but like, I bet you Hog Wrestling, like that show you're just talking about. They'll yeah. probably have like similar, if not better, numbers to Final Battle for Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, which is just like to, to our point, like some of these companies, they just fell off buzz wise. Like, I bet you had that last, uh, uh, that Impact uh, Plus show they just had, um, not hard to kill because that's the one coming up. The turning uh, Point. Turning or... Point. Thank you. Yeah. Like, I bet you. Like I bet you the next GCW, I, especially like the Hammerstein GCW. The Hammerstein's show, gonna be big. That that'll do more buys than hard than actually. I'll include Hard to Kill. Their the Impact's next pay per view. It'll probably outdraw their next pay per view. Impact's last Turning Point show and Ring of Honor Final Battle probably all combined. You know what I yeah. mean? Like just because the buzz, the buzz is there for GCW, it just isn't elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and these companies have the opportunities to do it. That's that's what's so sad. A company like Impact Wrestling, just making just bad move after bad move. Like their their fan base is is literally not willing to pay one dollar to watch their show. Like that's what's happening right now. It's, it's yeah. a one dollar show on YouTube, and no one's buying it. And before it was on Twitch, and like the the fan base, like there wasn't a lot of people watching, but it was a pretty consistent number of like loyal viewers that were watching for free on Twitch. But that number would skyrocket when Kenny Omega showed up, yeah. and and they didn't do anything to like take that buzz and actually make the company better or like use it to actually like put like Ace Austin or Chris Bay or Willie Mack right. or, or Josh Alexander right. or any of you guys like actually to elevate them to to even being perceived to that level. 
And like, you know, when Christian won, like it was cool for Christian, but like, I just think that whole thing, they, they really kind of dropped the ball with that. And now it impacts in this position where like, I mean, on turning point, it was Moose, which I think Moose, people can have their opinions on Moose personally, but within the wrestling business, within how he's been booked, he's a credible impact champion, but nobody cares about watching him wrestle Eddie Edwards. Like, yeah, but like, and so like you got Eddie Edwards instead of all the guys I just mentioned, like if Sammy Callahan wasn't hurt, it'd probably be him too. Like, it's just like they, it, it's, it's wild. Like a company like impact, like this is the time of like where we're at with wrestling, a company like impact wrestling should be thriving right now with all the free agents with the, you, there's more people can watch your show than most of the other companies, the talents there. And you just continually push the wrong people. It's yep. it's like it's my and I get it. They're they're between a rock and a hard place. If you if you push them too much and then they leave for a bigger company, you know. But also, if you don't push them, they're going to leave anyway. So like, you might as yeah. well do the best you can with what you have right now. Try to put on the best show, create the most buzz you can. And if a if a you know Ace Austin gets super popular, Impact Wrestling then leaves position yourself to have someone up next ready to go like the talents there like you're not going to lose well, all imagine, your talented wrestlers at once imagine if roh had that philosophy back in the day like they just push people through the moon and then they lose them and then they just push a new group like that's exactly all you, that's all they did <laughs> and like the thing is is what impact match do they have where you're like or what star from impact does he consistently have these matches where you're like dude, you got to order the pay-per-view because so-and-so is going to have this match. Like, Ace used Austin to be AJ. could be that guy. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Right, yeah. I'm talking yeah. about, like, current. No, like, I know what you're saying. That's my point. It's like they used to have those guys. And now, for sure. like, Ace Austin's going to have good matches. Chris Bay's going to have good matches and stuff. Like, Rich Swan's going to have good matches. But, yeah. like, but do you know what the what the main event for Hard to Kill is going to be? Their, their next pay-per-view. Like, actually, like, people have to pay money oh, to watch. The one in Dallas? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what the Dallas. main event is? It, no. So it's Moose defending the title. And there's nothing against these people. I'm just saying there's going to be no buzz at all. It's Moose versus Cardona versus Morrissey in a triple threat. Oh my God. No, no. Like nobody's no. like, no, no, no. Outside no. of like the hardest of the hardcore impact fan, no one's going to buy that. And I no. love Matt Cardona. And I actually think, dude, I, I've started before. I have Matt Cardona's autograph sitting on my desk right now. I love the dude. Just wrote a, yep. a thing for a very big fan. Can't, can't be a bigger fan of that guy. Love Matt Cardona. Right. Big broski fan. Thing, I think W. Morsey has easily been doing the best work of his career in Impact. Like, I think he's actually way better than I thought he was. Like, but no one is going to pay money to see that triple threat match. Like, yeah. it just doesn't. You know, like that's the best you could come up with. Yeah, no. And Morrissey's I, not even under contract right now, by the way. Like they're trying to renegotiate him into staying, and and like he might bail. And Cardona is like a big deal in GCW, but he's basically just 
Broski's act. I mean, he came out wearing Effie's jacket. So like basically Impact has acknowledged that his GCW feud is like way more over than whatever he's doing in Impact. You know what I mean? Like, well, did he make the statement too that like GCW is the number three company right now? Like, I'm pretty sure he said that. And well, he that- definitely, I'll give you a little behind the scenes. I, they, I, I'm writing a thing for, I've written it. It just, it'll come out, I think in January for Fightful Magazine. And like, he said that very clearly. He's like, gcw is the number three promotion and like if, if it isn't tell me what is you know right and i, I could i mean i agree i think I, GC- I think you should have been like impact wrestling yeah he impact, says i'm like i mean <laughs> and that's that's i mean he's done fine for himself in impact but it but it's like you know and, th- and this is what's so sad about all of this is you know he's he had a a feud for a while with um Hakeem Zane. I'm trying to think of his name on Impact. Um, his indie name is Hakeem Zane. Um, it's not bored. It's fine. But, well, no, he's really good. He's a really, really good wrestler. Um, Rahi Raju. That's his name in, in, in TNA. But, like, once again, like, you just kind of just how you said that. Like, it, no one no one cares. But, like, they're two really good wrestlers wrestling on one of the biggest companies in the world. And just nobody cares. Yep. But like they're the talents there, just the company isn't. It I mean, like they have yeah. they have Trey Miguel, they have Moose, they have Ace Austin, they have Chris Bay. They, I mean, they have guys. They just whoever they choose to push is just nonsense. It's dumb, and also like, like honestly, I don't know if they've ever recovered from like pandemic because you got to think too in that time they also lost tessa and regardless what you think of tessa they put so much focus on tessa like tessa was the whole show and then all of a sudden she was just gone you never saw her again she never dropped the title nothing just gone and then it was just like this weird limbo that they did and like i just feel like the only thing that they did that kept them relevant was bring in kenny omega if they didn't do that i don't know where they would be right now honestly yeah well i mean and i'll like i'll be like brutally honest like the good brothers because that was like a big thing for them too was like them signing the good brothers and apparently they get paid a lot of money but waste money. I'm, I'm just gonna keep her. I, and I, I, those guys as people, I think they're, I think they're good dudes. They're funny. Like I think talking shop of mania is hilarious. Like, yeah. you know, but like, I don't think I've ever seen two guys less over that think they're over in my entire life. So true. Like, like they're so like, they're, true. they're just not like they get like no reaction. They're, they're complete background characters in the AEW. They're not even on a, really a part of the show anymore. Nope. They have very, very, very average matches. A machine gun on his own, I think, is pretty good. Like, I actually like Carl yeah. Anderson as a singles guy, but uh, the tag team, the Good Brothers, was just very, very average. And yeah, and, but like, they're but it's you're supposed to think they're like it's this big deal. Um, yeah, it's there, there's just there's a lot that goes in. I mean, they it's it's just wild they can't figure out a way to create more buzz for their own company. It's really. It's really sad. I agree. All right, guys, if you haven't, please hit that like button. We got about 29 people in here right now. So if you haven't, please hit that like button. Also, if you want to show show support for the channel and uh, get your questions asked, please uh, send through uh, Super Chats and we'll get to those. 
Um, we actually did get a super chat from Chris. It's off subject, but we'll go ahead and answer it anyways. Uh, Chris, as always, thank you for the super chat. Evening, guys. Thoughts on Usman Colby 2 pulling 700,000 pay-per-view buys? In my opinion, that's a big win when you consider it went up against Canelo versus Plant. And that's true. I didn't even think of that. That's 700,000 with pretty pretty good competition because there's definitely people that are diehard Canelo fans. They're even I mean, even Dana, right? Dana watched the pay-per-view while – watching yeah, game side yeah arena you know what was interesting though when they asked him if he paid for it he really took like a long pause and like <laughs> smirked before he said anything and then he's like of course i paid for it so it's like mr piracy mr i'm gonna take you all down is like Pirating Canelo? Are you kidding me right now? I feel like there's no way he pirated. I think he had to have been trolling. There's no yeah. way he pirated. With the money he has and all the things he's done to try to go after people illegally streaming the UFC, there's no way I he, feel like he pirated he's, that. I feel like he's petty enough to get somebody's login to watch it and not actually pay for it because he doesn't want to give Steve F. Spinoza money and showtime you know what i mean i mean rogan used the same login yeah right exactly like rogan's like yeah i'm at home i'm watch canelo fight hey can i get your login real quick <laughs> oh my god um but yeah that's that's a good one but no i think it's a great number I, it also makes me kind of wonder and i've always said this like it doesn't matter necessarily if like you can be super charismatic super charisma whatever is if you don't have to be a Conor McGregor, if you're a great fighter that just continually wins on pay-per-view, I mean, unless you're like Mighty Mouse, but like headliner, big fights, and you continually win, eventually people will start to want to pay to see you fight. And I'm wondering if Usman is getting to that category. I mean, we actually, the fight before we saw him knock out um, Masvidal, uh, we saw him knock out Gilbert Burns. Like, I think people were are accepting him now as one of the best. He's pound for pound the best fighter in the world. Also makes me wonder what kind of draw Colby is. And I think it's just the two of them together. I think people really like that fight. Um, I know I was super excited for it. Plus, the undercard was really good. So, this is a lot of factors. Plus, we hadn't seen like a really good pay-per-view in a while. So I feel like that one was like one that got people really excited for you had Chandler and Gaethje on there as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's a big success for the UFC. And I honestly expect a pretty big number for this next one too, especially if Masvidal was still on the card, if Masvidal was still on the card and you had Dustin Poirier fighting for the title that that would have been a big one. And Nunez also, right? Yeah. Finding the title. Yeah, but I mean, we we all kind of think that fight is just like, yeah, she's on the card. But like Poirier's in a real like the best best of the division fight, in my opinion. I haven't paid attention in so long with like what was going on with Nunez. Is is it still Pena? She's fighting for yes. the title. Okay, yeah. so they they wound up just straight up rebooking that from when yes. uh, they were supposed to do it before. Gotcha. Um, yes. And then now yeah. that Dana said that Nunez will decide if she wants to get rid of the 145-pound division or not. So if she's willing to just get rid of the belt, then they're going to get rid of the division. Yeah, I've heard I've heard Dana talk about that before with Nunez having that option. In all honesty, like, Nunez should just – I mean, if she decides she wants to 
do you, like they should give Kayla Harrison pretty much the same treatment and be like, we'll do that for 155 for you. Any woman who wants to fight at 155, just so we can get you into the into the octagon, we'll find 155ers. We'll find 145ers that we've got or 135ers that don't want to cut anymore. Uh, and just because, like that, you know what I mean? Like I, I feel like the because for Kayla Harrison, she's gonna need to be incentivized to sign with the UFC. Like she'll get a lot. She'll become a lot more famous by signing with the UFC. But she's currently making a million dollars a year every time she's winning these PFL tournaments. So, like, you know, they have to obviously, you know what I mean? Like, if you're Kayla Harrison, why would you ever do anything else? Like, I would just stay with the PFL my whole whole career and just stack up millions and millions of dollars. But if Dana can be like, look, we'll bring you in, we'll give you the first title fight, and we're just gonna find any 150, any women that are willing to fight at 155. Um, and have you fight them because otherwise either Kayla's just going to stay in PFL or maybe she goes and fights uh cyborg and Bellator. That's really the that's, only other that's the fight. That's the fight logical. in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think she's going to Bellator. That's my opinion. Yeah. Because it's, it's so here's the thing. I don't think Dane is really trying to like roll out the red carpet for her. He doesn't sound like he's like really wanting to sign her. And so now he's kind of on that road of like, Let's smash her credibility because we know we're not going to sign her. But I think Scott Coker absolutely would want to sign her. And I think that, I mean, her and Cyborg is probably the biggest fight that Bellator could do. Yeah. Because AJ McKee doesn't have um, a lot out there to face. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest fight. So, it be interesting. Um, yeah, I don't I, I, I don't know what her future will be, but I honestly, I don't think it's going to be in the UFC. I really don't. And yeah. another thing, too, her and Amanda are in the same camp. Train, yeah, they won't fight each other, I don't think. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it really doesn't give Dana any purpose to bring her in. Yeah. But as far as, like, the most recent pay-per-view, that was obviously an incredible show. So if 700,000 yeah. buys going up against Canelo at the same time on the same night, like, that that's a that, – I consider that a W for, uh, for the UFC – Yep. Um, and I think that I think Covington is a draw, like because I think that whether people because a lot of people want to see him lose, like people are willing yep. to pay money to see him lose. Um, yep. and he has a lot of fans like that that like what he does. Um, I think especially with the right opponent, if you did him versus like a Nate Diaz, like that could main event in pay per view with no title on the line, like you know what I mean. Like I I, I wouldn't do that if I was the UFC. To, they're at a point where they're always going to have a title match, but like that's a big enough fight that I think people would buy that pay per view. For and sure. Speaking, and speaking of Nate, like honestly, do you see the back and forth with him and Ben Askren today? Yeah, I did. Like honestly, like that's the perfect fight. Doing like because it really is. It really like, is. Yeah, because because if if Nate's gonna leave anyways, like you might as well fight Ben Askren. Because if, if Ben Askren somehow wins that, which he could win that fight if he goes to the ground potentially, I would I would just imagine Nate would destroy him. But yeah, but like what better preview if you're Nate Diaz? to get all the hype beasts to be like, Oh, like Nate Diaz just beat up Ben Askren, but like our boy, Jake Paul would, you know, would smoke Nate. And like, Nate's like, yep. good. Why do you think that? Cause like, I'm actually coming for Jake. Like I'm leaving yep. the UFC now. Because I think Nate just, Nate needs a really safe fight. If I'm Nate, I take the safest fight possible. That'll get eyes on me just to get, just to get through my deal. You got to do one more fight. And then you're off to box Jake Paul. So like, and making more money than you ever have in your life. And, and Ben Askren's a way safer fight for him than like 
a Vicente Luque or like a Chimeov or something like that. Like if I'm Nate Diaz, I'm going, yeah, I'll, yeah, Ben, I'll take you up on that. I'll, I'll fight you for sure for my, my last UFC fight. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the UFC is willing to put Nate in a match like that as long as it's guaranteed to do a good buy rate, which I think him and Askren would. I think the buildup would be really good and all that stuff. So I think that would work. Um, otherwise, if he's not, I think they're going to put him in there with a straight up killer and just yeah. try to destroy him. So it's going to be one way or the other. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're Nate, though, me, like, if you're Nate, though, like, why would you take that fight? I wouldn't even accept a fight with Jameyov. Like, yeah, why? Why would you? Yeah, I wouldn't either, but it's like you can't make it look like that you are worried you would lose because as a Diaz, you'll fight anybody, right? So it's, it's a, they're putting him in a tough situation, I feel. If that's where they're going to be like, he turned that fight down. You know, he they always say they're willing to fight anybody, but of course he's not willing to, to fight him. Like, I can definitely see Dana turning the tide on him real quick, especially if he knows that he's not going to sign with them again. So, um, and, and not only that, like him and Jake Paul have started popping off at each other too. So, I mean... I, if if I'm Nate, like I'm just trying to get out of this UFC contract so I can fight Jake Paul, like 100. percent Yeah. Or if I'm Nate, like I get the best, the best lawyer available, and I, you know, you go to Dana and go, we're willing to resign with you, but you have to let us go box too. Like you got to yeah. let us, you, you know, you can dual promote, you can do whatever, but like there has to be. And honestly, that would be groundbreaking. I know, obviously, Connor's done it and stuff, but like it would be groundbreaking if they can start working in more independent contractor stuff into those UFC contracts, because so many of those fighters would take boxing matches in between MMA fights and be yeah. making so much more money. I just um, think the tough, the tough thing for it is though, is um, it puts you in a tough spot because what if you get injured in the boxing oh, fight sure. and that affects your UFC fight and all that jazz? I agree, but like, I mean, shit. They, I mean, I know that Aldowski's towards the end of his career and all, but like, if they're gonna let him go out there and do pro wrestling, and like, I'm assuming Masvidal and Jericho will happen, and like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, boxing, you're getting hit in the head for real and all this stuff, but like wrestling. I feel like the actual chance of injury in wrestling is a lot higher because, like, just so many random things can go wrong. But, like, you're gar- like if you're getting punched in the head, like, you're guaranteed to s- some sort of damage for sure. My I, point, I my point is, is, like, if, to, if, they, if they let them do pro wrestling, they should let them box occasionally, I feel like. I think one thing is, too, is it, it's got to be fights that we know the UFC fighter has a good chance of winning. So, like, when Usman wants to fight Canelo – when Floyd, when when Connor wants to fight Floyd, that's just kind of like going to be an embarrassment on the UFC end because they're going to lose. So I think that that's part of it too. But like if Nate wants to fight a Jake Paul, that's a little bit different, right? Right. So I I, I feel like that it, it just depends. I also feel like too, we're like an Usman right now where there isn't a clear number one contender and he's kind of got to wait it out a bit. Um, especially if Leon Edwards has to fight Jorge Masvidal, if the UFC wants to do that and not just give him a direct title shot, then what you're doing now is he's waiting for a while. Why not let him take a boxing fight or something like that if that's what he wanted to do? So I do think there's definitely times where guys are kind of stuck waiting for a fight, and if they could get a boxing fight in, then that would definitely work. Exactly. Um, so yeah that's exactly what i'm talking about and also like it makes me just think 
I th- I think we were all as as combat sports fans. I think we were all, especially in hindsight, we were robbed of an of a true Anderson Silva boxing career. He could have been doing both the whole yeah. time. Like, yeah, so true. Like, it's a it's amazing how he's done post UFC and boxing. Him in his actual fighting prime. If we could have seen what he could have really done, like you know, he takes a UFC fight and then he takes a boxing fight, kind of goes back and forth. If he's successful in both, yeah, that, that's like that's like a Bo Jackson type thing. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. like that's that'd be that would have been so cool to see. And based on what I've seen from Anderson, I feel like he could have actually really accomplished it. I don't know if he would have been a champion in boxing, but I think he could have competed with really legitimate guys his entire career. Yeah. And this thing that sucks, though, right, is you'd have boxing promoters that would want the rights of Anderson Silva. You have the UFC that has the rights of Anderson Silva. And, like, Dana just – he's not going to negotiate with these guys long term. Like, okay, one fight, fine, but, like, I am so over you. Like, I will not deal with you ever again. And, like, that's kind of what usually happens. But but I will say this. If there's one person – that we've seen Dana completely bend over backwards for. It is Nate Diaz. I mean, he's changed rounds, weight classes for him like nobody else. Like, oh, you want a five-round fight and you're not the co-main event? Okay, no problem. Uh, remember he did the the video of Nate slapping him in the face to try to get him to get the con- – like, we've seen him bend over backwards for Nate, so – but I will say that since Nate hasn't really won a fight in a while and it's not looking the best, like as a contender, I, I don't know how much Dane is willing to bend. But I mean, listen, dude, Diaz's brothers are box office. And the fact that Nate, that Nick wanted to step in and fight um, uh, Leon Edwards or like to on short notice, like it just makes me feel like Nick's probably not done either and he'll probably fight again next year. So. We'll, we'll see what happens. Not saying I necessarily wanted, wanted to, especially after what I saw, but like if he comes in legit shape and he's now had some octagon experience again and it's not such a long layoff, maybe it'll be a better result. Wait, I did, I totally missed that. So so Nick threw his name in the hat when, uh, when Masvidal went down? Yes. Why didn't they just do it? I don't know. Like, I mean, like I – I, I get that Nick didn't look great in his last fight. Like I totally get like against Robbie Lawler, but like he had moments there. It, but I think part of it's probably the short notice aspect. Yeah. But honestly, like if Nick really had like a legit, like four month long training camp and like really dedicated himself, I think we'd see him have some success again, but like, I don't know. I guess that's probably part of it. Cause like the Lawler thing, he didn't, he apparently didn't train a whole lot for that. Um, and I'd imagine, I mean, Leon Edwards, it would be embarrassing. Leon Edwards would probably just completely smoke him, but you think being the UFC, you just be like, screw it. Like, all right, we get to keep Leon on the show and even more people are going to buy it. Cause Nick's on it. So like, which is like, at the end of the day, why I, this sounds super insensitive, but like at the end of the day, like if you're the UFC, why do you even care about the perception of Nick Diaz at this point? Like if he's going to sell tickets, who cares if he goes out there and gets his ass kicked? Like you're kind of expecting it at this point, but like, he's going to make you money. So yeah, let him go out there and get his ass kicked and make money and until he stops doing it. You know, I, like I said, I think we're going to see him again. I really do. So that, you know, and uh, who knows? Um, Dirty yeah. sent a super chat also. Thank you so much, Dirty. As always, I really appreciate it. Um, do you think Colby can make 155? Uh, 
I don't think it's out of the question, but I think he would be really drawn out if he did. Like, I don't think he would be in necessarily the best of shape. Um, I do think, though, he would match up really well with a lot of those guys and probably beat a lot of those guys at 155. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't necessarily want to see him cut that weight because I don't think, I think 170 is probably the perfect weight class for him, but stylistically, like you just said, really, I mean, maybe Islam Akachev is like the only other guy with like that kind of wrestling skill in, in the whole lightweight division. But see, when I think of that fight, like I think he could give Islam some problems. Like I don't think Islam would just steamroll him. No, that's what I'm saying. I think that they would like match up potentially well. And like, they're the only, and like the only kind of, the only person who's going to beat a Charles Oliveira is somebody who, who catches him, like which any, it could happen for anybody if you, if you clip him. Right. But like, the best chance is like a really, really, really good wrestler who doesn't get submitted on the ground. Like somebody who can take him down and stay on top of him. But like Olivera's ground game is so nasty. You don't really want to be on the ground with him. But like if a guy like a Makachev, obviously a Habib, a Colby, like that would be, that would be the best chance of beating someone like him. I think because, because like Dustin Poirier, for instance, I think Dustin Poirier is a more, probably more well-rounded fighter. His cardio is insane. His heart is unmatched. Like that guy's got like the, the more heart than like any fighter out there. I mean, plus Poirier is the man, but like if he hits the ground with Charles Oliveira, that's game over. Like I, I think yeah. Oliveira, I honestly think I'm, I'm feeling it's like an 80 to 20 chance, like Oliveira over Poirier. Like I, and there and, are and a I lot that. of people that tell you that you're going to be wrong and Dustin's going to win. But I feel like that's just because of the, the hype of him beating Conor McGregor and not people really taking into the, stylistic matchup of it you know what i mean exactly and that's that's the whole thing like like i said i think dustin is is an incredible fighter one of my favorites ever but like olivera's hands have gotten significantly better like he's he can he can knock people out now and his ground game is just so insanely high level that i just don't i just don't know what dustin's going to be able to do to him outside of like he might just go out there and outbox him. It's possible. Yeah. But, um, but you got to imagine if, if, if Oliveira is getting outboxed, he's just going to wrap him up and try to get him to the ground. And yeah, but, uh, but anyway, uh, that's an interesting question though, dirty about Colby. Um, I think, I think 185 would be more likely, honestly, but I mean, he's not a huge 170. So I, I think it's not completely out of the question if he really wanted to try it. But uh, man, he might look like a skeleton on the scale. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on all that. I think that Colby, like, he's in he's in a really interesting spot still, welterweight, because his fight with Usman was his last fight was really close. Like the scorecards didn't show it, but like that was a really really close fight that could have potentially been a draw, and. If he fights uh, like a Chimeyov, for instance, they do like Chimeyov versus Covington. If Covington beats a guy like Chimeyov, I don't think there, there's any case of like why he shouldn't get another title shot. Like I, you know, he's still very much could be the champion, um, but he's but he has to beat the right guys. Um, so he, it's it's not like he's down and out and like out of the picture now that he's lost to Usman twice. We've seen it with Holloway. Like Holloway has fought Volkanovski close. 
gets a couple wins and like it's just undeniable Holloway has to fight Volkanovski again like there's nobody else you can make a case for better than Holloway and I think Colby's in the same kind of spot at welterweight he can get another shot at the title if he beats the right guys yeah for sure for sure and I mean Dana loves that fight. He loves that feud. Uh, he did John Jones in DC three times, especially after you see this pay per view buy rate. Like I think, I think it's definitely possible we could see it again. Yeah, Sean, happy Thanksgiving, fellas. Awesome, Sean. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving to you too, man. I really appreciate you. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Thank you very much for the super chat, Sean. Very much appreciated. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I want to get into AEW real quick. I don't want to forget about that. Um, kind of spend off to um UFC, but uh anyways, um I I wanted to say that uh what did you expect the Brian Danielson heel turn? Was that a little bit uh out of nowhere for you or because it was one of those things that like I think it helped a lot that we saw the uh, vegan um, environment, Brian Daniels champion, yeah. Daniel Bryan climate champion, because I think that that really uh, just made us be like, oh, he's he's going that direction. Right. Because if we had never seen that, then it would be really like, wow, is this is this happening But what I love about it is and this is where WWE keeps missing is it's not just turning him bad because he just wants to be a bad guy. What is happening is, is he is saying, like, I wanted to take that title off of Kenny so bad, and I came to AEW to beat Kenny Omega, and you stole my moment. And I will not forgive you for that, and I am going to beat you because of that. And if I am now a jerk because of that, no problem, because you crossed the line. That's basically what it is. And so I think that, like, if you've watched all these heel turns or baby face turns, whatever, like, AEW just kind of does, it's just kind of natural. It's not something that's just, like, way off base, and it just is kind of like, huh. But it's like, we are gonna wrestle, and um, I'm and I love and I love too that Adam Page totally like went blow for blow with him too. Like he wasn't gonna get embarrassed by him, and he's just like, you know, I beat him in under thirty minutes, unlike you, basically. And then it's like, oh, okay. And so, um, and then I love that he was like, I don't want to have this match tonight because I don't want you to have a bunch of excuses because we all know that's what you do. You make excuses. So I, I thought that that was really good. I really think that AEW is starting to figure out that it just can't be pro wrestling matches all the time, that there does need to be. Because I, I feel like the Punk and Kingston segment really not kind of opened Tony Khan's eyes, I guess, because he even said that that Dynamite was like one of his favorites they ever did. And I, I think it's because it had just a little bit of everything. Also, real quick, shout outs to Jay Lethal, bro. Like, Jay Lethal. Um, to me, like, I, I didn't know what he had left because I haven't been watching Ring of Honor in a while. And, uh, when I last watched it, he was kind of just like, he just kind of was doing the same moves. He looked a little stale. It was just kind of like, oh, well, he might be kind of reaching the end here. And I, and I found out he was only 36 years old. I was like, oh, okay, well he could still go. Then he's only 36. 
And man, like I thought him and Sammy killed it. I loved that match. I was super, super hyped for that match. So really, really great signing for uh, Jay Lethal. Yeah. So going back to like the Hangman uh, and Danielson stuff, like I, I did not see the the Danielson heel turn coming, but they did it perfect. Like it was, it was yep. perfect. Um, I love the whole the whole thing now that he's going to go one by one and kick the heads in of all the dark order members before it gets to yeah. man. Like, yeah. and he's basically just going out there and saying like, I'm going to kick all your asses and I'm so yep. good at this. There's nothing any y- y'all can do about it. So yep. like, yeah, you, like you said, if you want to call me a jerk, whatever it is, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm here to be the champion. I'm better than all these people and I'm going to yep. prove it one by one by one. Then I'm going to take the title from, from, this cowboy so yeah there's nothing anyone can do about it um i think it's i think it's incredible because that's also the type of character you can have not even having to turn it just stories completely this is for pretty much everyone AEW. just stories completely dependent on whoever your opponent is like your danielson can so easily go from being the quote-unquote heel against hangman to like his next match could be against like Ricky Starks for the FTW title or something. And now he's perceived as the baby face, but changes literally nothing about his presentation. Right. And just let the fans just roll with it. Feud after feud, like Moxley, uh, you know, I hope he comes back soon, but like Moxley was really riding that line. Kingston rides that line of like, you're not really a heel or baby face. It just completely depends on who your opponent is. Like, and, and Danielson can do that. Most of AEW can do that. Um, I think that him and Cabana is, I think it's really smart. I know they did some sort of, uh, some video package for that, like a road to yeah. dynamite. I haven't watched it yet, but I will. Um, I watched obviously, it. a lot yeah. of wrestling road diaries on there. And oh, then I'm sure. All, and then it's all like Colt Cabana talking about the match. So I think it was, uh, it was, God, I love their road too so much. Like there's so much this company is doing right so much. And that's why. I have a hard time like really harping on anything negative, but like there's two things that I'm not that happy with. And I bet you, you could guess both of them. It's with AEW. Yeah. It's matches that they, that they, they had one last week. They announced one this week. Well, was it the one that you put on the screen? Darby and Billy. Yeah. Cause everyone's what? mad about uh, Billy kicking out of the coffin drop myself included. I didn't, I didn't like Stupid. that either. I didn't Stupid. like it either. Um, and I, I don't like the match. It's just like you don't go from having like this pay-per-view amazing match with MJF. And then it's like, I want the biggest and baddest AEW has. And you get 58-year-old Billy Gunn. Yeah, it just doesn't make a lot of sense because like Billy Gunn hasn't been really positioned or perceived to be Correct. like a top-level guy. Um, just now, if Darby would have just went out there and just beat him and like he didn't kick out of the coffin drop or whatever, like I'd have been fine with it. But... I don't I don't understand the idea of like and it's it's not only that he didn't that he kicked out of the coffin drop, he didn't even let that thing go to two. Right. Like he yeah. he acted like that was nothing. And I'm just yeah. like, you you old school guy trying to keep your spot garbage. Like I can't stand these egomaniacs that are like, Well, it's gonna take two coffin drops to beat me. Like, shut up. Yeah. I mean, I'd imagine because once again with AEW, like I, I can unironically say to let it play out. 
I'm not saying this is necessarily going to work out great or that it's the best idea, but like, I think it's pretty clear that the gun club is going to get some sort of push. So like, mm. we'll see how that goes. Um, I, I just, and, I haven't, and then what would, what would be announced this week that I would have a problem with I'm trying to think of what for, for uh, tomorrow night. Yeah. I can't remember what's announced for tomorrow. Well, actually, don't, before Starks. you say it. Okay. Yeah. It okay. starts with the Q and ends with the T. Oh, QT Marshall versus CM Punk in Chicago. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Like, I forgot that that's what that like was. Like out yeah, of yeah, yeah. all the things that you're gonna do to bring Punk to Chicago with, like you're gonna do him and QT Marshall. Like, oh my god! I will say people punk. were just hyped with yeah. with Punk and MJF, which we got a super chat. We'll talk about, but like. QT Marshall, like I thought we were done with this. He basically killed Cody. Okay. I don't want this to continue after tomorrow, which I don't I, think it will, but crap. I I did really like CM Punk acknowledging he's like, I've had some real big losses in Chicago, and I've had some really big wins in Chicago. And I was like, Yeah, you've lost big in Chicago. Like his UFC fights in Chicago, he lost gigantically. So like he, so he, so like, but he acknowledged that. That's what he was talking about. I will say this: this is like the first time that being a diehard MMA fan has affected me in pro wrestling. Because no matter what, when he's like squaring up with Eddie Kingston and all these guys in street clothes, I'm just like, "Eh, you can't really kick anybody's ass. But it's fine. Like. I try to get past it, 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 but it is difficult. It is. And it's like, he's got such a broken nose. I wish he would have got that fixed because <laughs> I know why he has that broken nose. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, it's just, it's a little bit hard. You really got to, you know, use your imagination in this thing to, to look at punk like a serious badass. But, uh, you know, other than that, but yeah, I mean, QT no, no, but there will be good stuff. I mean, I think Brian Danielson versus Colt Cabana is a very fun ROH throwback match. I think Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter has huge potential. Um, I think the tag match, the four way between uh, FTR, Andrade, and uh, uh, whatever. Uh, Malachi. I think. Malachi, thank you. Versus Cody, Pack, and the Lucha Bros should be a sick match. So, I mean, it should be good. Um, it's a sold out crowd, so that should be really good. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was just. It, it kind of killed a buzz. Like we were, we were hitting a home run here. Instead, we went and hit a triple. But you know, it is what it is. Um, Michael wanted to know what are our expectations for the upcoming Punk and MJF storyline. Uh, I think MJF is going to be very brutal, <laughs> and I think that Punk will hold his own and be uh, very good on the mic as well. One thing I loved about it, though, is, and I don't know if people pay attention, but like if you go back and you listen to the uh, wrestling podcast that was setting up for promoting um, the match between him and Darby. You're talking about about Barstool Sports? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, it was already hinted. Like MJF had a problem with CM Punk there. And like he's kind of hinted at it a couple times and like he refused to even mention his name. He refused to talk about him. Like he would bring up CM Punk and he would just be like, next question. Like it was already like he had a problem. And and I love to, 
They did it so well. And this did remind me of WWE. And I swear to you, I predicted Punk was coming out because it was like the way that he was going was like such a heel. Uh, he was having so much heat. And the way to really pop the crowd is to bring in a mega baby face that will feud with. And like he's ready for that next step. He's ready for that big pay-per-view match for both guys, honestly. This is a big match for Punk as well. And uh, when his music hit, it was just like, yes. Like, everybody was excited about this. Um, and uh, it was uh, interesting because I like how they did it. Like, Punk didn't even say anything to him. He basically acted like he was – like, MJF was beneath him. And it really uh, – a guy that is like MJF, such an egomaniac, it really bothered him. And I and I really like how they did that. So, um Shout outs to uh, AEW for giving us just a little a little taste and we'll continually uh, build through. I also think that this will lead to the breakup of Wardlow and MJF. Like this will be the thing that, that starts the feud, in my opinion. Because if you remember, Tony Khan wanted to do CM Punk and Wardlow at the pay-per-view. And so I think this is where that part is heading to. That would all make sense. Yeah, I, I think it's like they got to go with parts of the story because like there's that picture online of MJF meeting CM Punk when he was a little kid, like getting his picture taken with him and stuff. Yep. And that will happen. Yeah. That will hit the screen at some point. And MJF will surely bring up CM Punk's UFC run. Like Ooh. he's got to be the one. If someone's going to do it, it's going to be him. I agree. Um, the funniest, the funniest thing that could ever happen. This won't happen because they're they're both professionals. But like, if MJF brought it up and CM Punk was like, "Yeah, well, you've never fought anyone for real, and I have, so like, you can't really say anything." I would love MJF to be like, "Let's fight for real, then," because like, I think MJF <laughs> would destroy him in an actual fight. <laughs> like, like MJF actually has like some sort of you know training, like uh, <sighs> like. I know Punk does too, but like we've seen what that looks like. Punk really I, fooled me, like because he used to train jujitsu like on his off time, and he was like some brown belt. And then he no, also no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. That's what that's what, that's he, what said. he said. No, and there was guys like Cole Miller like trying to vouch for him. I remember, right? Yeah. yeah so that's what yeah. he said. And then like he did the Vanderlei Silva roll. I'm like, oh, this guy. You know, he he loved pride. I was thinking to myself, like, oh, I mean, I'm not saying I thought he was going to be like an all time great or anything but i thought that you know it would it would go better than what it did you know what it was like you seen you watched the office yep remember the basketball episode when stanley yep. they're all like secret weapon yep because like they they based yep. on what they, they think he's and he comes out uh -huh. and he's like dribbling with like his arm out all weird and stuff like that's that was cm punk in the ufc that was like Oh, 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 no, he, he, yeah, he can't fight at all. Oh, God. Yeah, no, no, um, no, no. And then no. the second time, oh, let's get, let's get a, a, a photographer in here to, uh, to fight him instead this time. Oh, 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 no. Oh, they, oh, the photographer's tickling him in the middle of a fight. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, so, anyways, I, and I'll say this too. I expect CM Punk to win, like, the feud. But I really hope MJF beats CM Punk really, really, really badly. Like not not in a real fight, like like the actual, yeah, no like sure. their pay per view wrestling match or whatever. I think MJF, I think MJF should 
uh, to me, it's a no-brainer that MJF should beat CM Punk. And he should make him tap. You should put him in that Fujiwara armbar and make him tap out. Salt of the earth. Make him tap out. Like, really, really make a statement. And then go on to win I, the world title from Hangman. I, I think Punk's going to win. I really do. I, I do, too. But, like, it does so much more for MJF to have him win that match. Well, and Punk is definitely giving, too, right? Like, he would want to put over young guys. So, I mean, I could see him wanting to put him over. But, like I said... He's only got a couple of years in him. So if you're going to really push him to the point to where you like want to put him in title contention, like this is, this is where it goes, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I also don't think it's crazy to make MJF your champion. I mean, he's definitely um, over the only, the only thing that I have like somewhat of an issue is, is like when you're that big of a heel, sometimes the show can suck. If you don't have that like legit red hot baby face going after him, and if he like has a long title reign, like it's gonna get like tiresome of him just always like running down everybody. And like, I, I don't know, it, like, I, I do think it can be an issue somewhat as well, especially if he's cheating every match to win and all that. Like, it, they'll have to handle that. It's, it's gonna be interesting. I think they'll, they'll know how to do it though. Cause even if you look at like his match with Darby. Like, he cheated a win, but that was perfect. Like, the way oh, that yeah. they did it was just perfect. Yeah. Well, like, and it's not like they just did, like, some five-minute match and he cheated to win and that was it. Like, they had a match-of-the-year type candidate and then he cheated to win. Like, as long as you're doing that to where it's like – here's the thing. Like, And this is this is just for anybody that wants to start a wrestling company, right? You cannot have your main event be a match that people dread. Like, yeah, you just, like I don't understand <laughs> that sounds why so that obvious, is yeah. why <laughs> that is so hard. But like, so many people want to do that to where they like put a guy that is sucks in the ring and match him up with somebody else that sucks and be like, order our pay per view. Why would I do that? Like, you, you, it just doesn't make any sense. And then not only that, if you can, if you keep making them their cha- the champion, and it's like the pay per view is hinging on this match, it's not going to go well. Which is why I hate to break it to people, but Bray Wyatt and the Fiend never worked as champion because he just couldn't go out there and have these like great matches continuously. It was like, okay, we've watched the, most of the pay per view, and what's left? Oh, the Bray Wyatt match. Yeah, we're good. I don't need to finish it. Like unless the storyline is just like heavy involved with him, but otherwise like it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So I, I, I just don't understand why people don't get that though. So to me, if you're going to, if you're, if they're going to be the champion, they've got to be able to deliver in the ring. That's why your boy, Amos, almost whatever his name is. My like, boy. If he, if he <laughs> you, you try to put him over. I think well, no, well, no, I've, I've, I've just said from day one that I know he's going to be the WWE champion, like sooner than uh, later. Like, but, I don't necessarily like him. But that's breaking the fundamental rule that, like, if he becomes champion, every single match that guy's going to be in sucks. Yeah, but the fundamental rule, dude, Jinder Mahal was the WWE champion. Like, Rick Holly was yeah, the Yeah, the, the, bar, the bar is very low. Very. But I'm just saying, like, in 2021, there's so many great wrestlers out there. If your champion can't wrestle, what are we doing? What well, are WWE we doing? isn't a wrestling company. Like, if we're going to talk about it's that, that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole well, other conversation. We can conversation. go there. One, one quick thing, and then we'll go there. Uh, Kenny Omega is getting surgery. Sounds like multiple surgeries. They say possibly, like, 
mid-February, late February. Bill thinks he's gone till like June because he needs like a sports hernia and he's got like neck issues and, and knees and whatever else is going on, uh, torn labrum. So it's going to be a while before Kenny. Personally, I want Kenny to come back as a baby face. I just, I'm, I'm over the hill, Kenny. I, I, I think that we have not got a legit Kenny Omega as a baby face with like match of the year contenders, like the new Japan style type matches. And I would love to see that when he comes back to AEW. Um, they're definitely hinting at him and Adam Cole. Yeah. One day I think they should definitely keep the young bucks and Adam Cole heels. Which like, I'm I'm totally cool with. Totally yeah. Cool. But I'm just saying, like, that would make it a lot Kevin. more sense for when for when Omega returns as a baby face. Like if these guys are like running stuff as like the top villains of the show, and then he comes back to fight those guys. I like that idea a lot. But because the, the way they've set it up makes it seem like the young bucks returning baby face by not by not interfering with Hangman winning the title, but that could all just kind of be a means to an end to get Hangman the belt and for that part of the story. But he's like, I still think we're only like halfway through the Hangman story with Omega. Yeah. Like, we still have a lot to, to but I think, well, I, I, what's I, I think the Young Bucks should definitely say his heels. If you watch BTE, if you've watched, did you watch BTE? Not this, this week? week yet. I don't think. Oh. Fantastic. The Hangman's you, Tale is the one last one that I saw. No, I haven't seen it. It was like Goodbye Kenny. I hadn't seen that one yet. Okay. okay. If you watch that, if you watch the the little interview before when Dynamite's just starting to kick off, like Kenny is not even mad at Hangman. Like he's not even acting like he wants a rematch. He's happy for him almost, which is kind of weird. So I'm I'm curious to see where they're going with there. Anyways, BTE, Adam Cole tries to give Kenny Omega a monster. Oh, nice. Kenny okay. Is, Kenny is very nervous about drinking it, and they do all sorts of funny stuff with it. Hell so yeah. definitely check it out. But um, they're they're definitely hinting that uh, an issue between Adam and Kenny. So I and, and that, let's be honest: if we get an Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega pay per view match, I mean, match yeah. of the year contender, it's going to be amazing. The feud will be incredible. Like. Hell yes. Yeah, I'm down for that 100%. And they have the story within the story with them leaving Bobby Fish high and dry. And, like, Kyle yep. O'Reilly could potentially show up in AEW as soon as, like, next week, I think. Like, yep. if he just – if his contract just runs up, like, now. Um, well, and you see, like, a focus with Johnny Gorgano, and he's even booked for War Games, I believe, which is, like, December 5th. But I don't – I didn't see anything about Kyle – so I don't know if Kyle's on War Games or not. But if he's not, then I think that's a pretty good indication Kyle's gone. I'm hoping so badly he's at Dynamite next week when I'm there live. Like, yeah, that would because be that would be losing sick. it. I've been calling for like that would be the all the stars aligning just perfectly. But there's Sometimes that story, they do. yeah. And then there, there's a there's that story though, like within the story, like Crease in our in our chat said it brought up the undisputed era. I mean, that's they even teased it this past week when yep. uh was it. I, maybe it was fish was like and that is on and they were like you yep. can't say that here like yep. but so i i it's very intriguing stories and there are stories within those stories that are intriguing which is just i mean this is best case scenario when it comes to like wrestling storytelling so love it yeah no i agree um okay let's just jump into wwe real quick and then we can bounce uh yeah you can tell me okay because i didn't put myself through Survivor Series. So mm -hmm. you can tell me all about it. You can put it over. Um, 
Why would so, you think I would put over Survivor? Hold on. You're making it sound like I, I enjoy the WWE. Sarcasm. I've, yeah, sarcasm, I've, I, haven't, okay? I haven't watched any WWE since our last pay-per-view. I've watched WWE once a month. It's so funny, too, when I see your Twitter and you're watching WWE and you haven't seen it since the last pay-per-view. And it's like every single time you're just like, I can tell you're just like, why am I watching this? This is so stupid. But um, explain to me the egg, right? Because all I saw on Twitter <laughs> Was this egg? Everyone needs to find the egg. Not only that, Vince McMahon is such an insensitive prick that he comes out of a limo and he has like all the jobber squad cheer that he's out of the limo. Like it's just like, do you all know you're going to get fired soon? Like it's it's so just crappy. Um, but so there was a missing egg, I suppose. Is that what, I what mean, happened? You actually know more about this than I do because you were defending it that 13-year-olds watch this, not six-year-olds, and you knew about what the egg was. So you know more than me, actually. I saw that the, that they had the egg from the Netflix movie on Twitter. That's what this whole thing was, is to put over Red Notice, which I still haven't watched, by the way. I want to. Um, most watched movie on Netflix history, I guess. You know, it's The Rock's movie. It's brand new, so I get it. Uh, but why does Vince care about this egg? That's what I don't understand. So he basically, he was like, I love this right now. Just, just to let you know, it, just tell me. It was like, this is my, my recollection of how this kind of happened was like, he comes out of the limo and all the jobbers are like cheering and they're actually chanting like egg, 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 egg. I was like, Oh my God, this is, oh. this is, this is cringe AF as the kids would oh. say. And uh, so then, like, the next thing you see is Vince is in his office and he has the egg in, like, this, like, glass box, like, you know, this, like, display case. And he's talking to Roman about it. And I think he said something about how, like, somehow, like, I think in, like, within, like, canon, within, like, the WWE, you're supposed to think that that movie is real life like as much real life as like the wwe would be so like oh so like the rock actually got this egg this 100 million dollar egg is what he called it with a hundred yeah okay so the rock like through the movie i guess has has got this egg and he's so thankful for vince mcmahon's help within like his early career, he, I think McMahon brought up, you know, the whole $7 thing. Like you only had $7 when he met me and now he's the biggest thing in the world. So to show his appreciation to me, he gave me this prized $1 million egg. And then Roman was like, yeah, it's nothing compared to what my ass contract's going to cost you. And like walks out of the room. And then like the next time you see Vince McMahon, he's in the same exact spot. Like he hasn't left the office from what we can tell, Okay, but the egg's gone now. So somehow oh. somebody stole this egg like right in front of him and he just didn't notice. Um, and that was that was pretty much it. And then the the payoff was last night. I didn't watch I know two things about Raw last night. Didn't watch the show, but just saw on Twitter. I know that Seth Rollins got tackled, which we'll talk about before we get out of here. And I know that yeah. Austin Theory got a WWE title shot because the story was Vince put out like a like a reward. Like anybody who has any information about my missing egg, I'm going to give you a big, big reward. So like Sami Zayn, I guess, was like, hey, Austin Theory stole your egg. And like Austin Theory was like, yeah, I stole your egg because I was trying to get a selfie with it. And Vince was like, you remind me of me. I would have done the same thing. 
So you're going to get a title shot for stealing the egg. And so he wrestled this uh, Big E for the WWE title. And I think from what I heard about that, apparently like there was a, a, it took a distraction or something to have Big E beat Theory. So now they've made it to look like Theory's like as good as Big E is. So it's, that's pretty much all I know about it. Um, And I'll I'll say this about Austin Theory. Whenever I saw him on Evolve Evolve, Weekend, Yeah. And like uh like WrestleMania weekend. When he was only like had, probably 18 or 19 when you saw him. Right. Yeah. But yeah. like I thought he had a huge future. I thought he yeah. was gonna be a big star for the WWE if they ever signed him. I honestly, because he he loves Cena, like he worships Cena, yeah. and I honestly thought he could have been like their next Cena type. And I mean this Johnny Gorgano nonsense that they've been doing and all that stuff, like just ridiculous like it completely took him away from what i thought he could be but i wouldn't be surprised if he does get a push um, oh yeah he's, I, he's, I he's right up vince's alley like as far right. as like what vince would want out of like a, like a good young a good looking young guy who can wrestle i mean um he's charismatic he can talk i mean he checks a lot of box he checks pretty much all the boxes you would you would really he's got he's got vince. good size to him it's not yeah. like you know so yeah but uh I mean, can't we do like a King of the Ring tournament or something? Well, they mean, just why, did that. Why? Xavier Woods won it. Yeah, yeah, but he walks around with the crown. But like, yeah. why, why, why an egg? And see, this is another thing that I'm talking about. They're like, look, we'll promote your movie, and by promoting your movie, we'll use a prop from your movie yeah. and incorporate it into our storylines. So please give us a deal. Like that's like. The WWE right now is the biggest whore I've ever seen. It's just like whoring itself out to anybody for the highest amount. Yeah, I've been saying this for since we've been doing this. Like this is the this is the vision in the future of the company. And that's why I always bring it back to like the little kids thing is because the only people it's a lame show. We both agree on that. But like yeah. the only people who could possibly think this is anything other than lame are little kids. Like there's no like there's no what grown adult is watching I'll say this. this? I'll say this. I don't, I think a lot of grown adults are watching this. That's no, the problem. But no, I know, and but they're watching it and thinking, they're like, oh, the, oh, the gold, a oh, million dollar egg. <laughs> this is great. That egg. <laughs> Leave yeah. me out the egg. I like <laughs> that, boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, like, she was watching Baby. Baby. They got the egg from that movie we watched on Saturday. <laughs> they got the egg. You know, yeah. like well, that'd be but, so counterproductive too if it's people who had already seen the movie. So like, it's not even like you're not promoting anything that they've already seen it. I it's what, I, but <laughs> yeah, but like, but like you say that, but like I think that they'll try to do a deal for college football weekend. They'll try to get Cardi B to show up. They'll try. Hey, hey we hear Travis Scott is big right now. Let's get Travis Scott on Raw. Like. And I, they probably won't because of controversy. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. I don't think that they're necessarily just trying to get kids. That's all I'm saying. Like, I think that they would promote a rated R movie if they were sold the right bill of goods for it. Like, I just think that they're trying to get all audiences and they're really bad at it. And yet I think that the most appealing is the kids. Because I'll say for sure, when you watch the crowd, it's a lot of families. It's a lot of families. Let's go see the WWE show. Let's go see wrestling. And, um, you know, if you're a kid, it's a good time, right? It's a good time. 
Uh, I could definitely see Kid enjoying the show. But, I mean, all these loyal WWE sheep that fight with people on Twitter about how much AEW sucks and how WWE is so much better when they know WWE sucks. They know it in their heart. They're just trying to hold on to something. But I'll say this, too. We saw an example of the propaganda because when I heard that this dude attacked Seth Rollins, oh, he was a diehard AEW fan, and this is the culture that Tony Khan has created to make it us versus them and blah, blah, blah. This little dork had a Roman Reigns shirt on. He truly believes he is part of the tribe for the tribal chief. And he decided, and this is what confused me though, right? What confused me was, is he really acts like wrestling is real, but then he calls Seth Rollins, Cody Lopez. Colby, yeah. Yeah. Colby Lopez, right? So it's like, so you use his shoot name, but you did this for Rikishi and The Rock and The Usos and Roman Reigns, and you're going to be a WWE superstar. Like, What? What the hell? I will. I, I'll give the kid credit though, right? Like so many people that have tried to attack wrestlers have done it in the ring, and it does not go well at all, right? This little bastard decided to get a <laughs> full head of steam and go right for Rollins, and he he did. He he was able to take him down. I don't recommend this at all. I'm not giving him credit as in it was a great job, sure, good of course job not. on him. But like, if you're gonna do it. Like, this was the way because nobody stopped him. He had a full head of steam going after him. Um, uh, Also, shout out to Seth Rollins, right? Because so many people, if you did that to them, and the moment that he was down, they'd have just started stomping on your head and everything, and he he didn't do that. That was the the Outsiders special. Whenever people would would rush the ring in WCW, Hall and Ash would just stomp people's heads. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) And like that video clip of Triple H that went viral, like back in there where he took that fan and just completely, oh, yeah. like, I mean, fantastic takeover. It's on top of him, punches him in the head so many times he gets tired. And then he's like, right, it's it, you know. But like, uh, yeah, it, what a bizarre in- incident. Um, and then Chavo Guerrero, he's like, oh, back in my day, you know, guys weren't attacking wrestlers. They were tough guys. Where the, the fans weren't the tough guys. The wrestlers were or something like that. And, it, I mean, I will say this. There is going to be no fan that would have tagged the Legion of Doom or the Road Warriors. Like, that would have been a very, very bad idea. Um, the, he, he thought he legit could take Seth Rollins. So, you know, whatever. But uh, it, just just bizarre bizarre the kid actually he either thinks he's it's real or he has really mental health issues like i I don't know see that's what i'm waiting for you to get to now i think that i i think it's a mixture of both he probably has mental health issues and he thinks it's real right i i i would i would challenge and let me say this first i think seth rollins did the right thing by just like not really effing the dude up right like i think it was very smart how he handled it and i do think there's an element of this for like i do think that there's a mental health issue at play with this guy so i don't want to sit here and like just make fun of him right like i challenge anybody like 
when you see the people you're talking about on Twitter saying the stuff that you're talking about, like people who like just just hate the hate AEW, just think think WWE. Just picture this guy, because yeah. that's like that's all these people. Like that's yeah. not just like an isolated thing where it's like this one guy. He's just the only one who like acted on it. Like, I think that that's the actual mindset of, like, a lot of these people online. Like, they may not all physically attack a wrestler, but, like, in their head, it's very, like, it may not be, quote-unquote, real to them, but they're that blindly loyal to this company that, like, they're just making completely irrational, their thought process is just completely irrational because they're so blinded by their loyalty to to the WWE. So, like, and it goes both ways. You get, you know, there's a lot of AEW diehards and stuff, too. But I honestly think, like, it's the same kind of thing where sometimes someone will, like, say a bunch of, like, really nasty stuff about me on Twitter or something. And then I'll go to their page. And I won't say anything. I'll just go to their page, and I'll take one look at what they look like, and then read some of the stuff that they tweet. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. Like, there's some, like, this is, this is far beyond uh, uh, you like WWE more than AEW issue. Like, you have something, like, you're, there's something up with you, like, I'm not going to push this person to the edge of like, you know, because I, I, I mean, there are a lot. And here's the other thing. Once again, this guy actually acted on it, but 99.99999% of people who talk trash on the internet like that would never do it in person. Like, right. so it's just, you know, and th- this guy in particular, if there is no mental health issue there, like bro, that is the definition of a mark. Like yes. you think it's real to oh, the point man. where you attacked a wrestler. And I'm not. Like, I'm, I haven't been watching. Like why? Why Seth? Like does he said really something. Want him out. So I saw something. I can't remember which. I don't want to misquote or like put words in anyone's mouth. I don't know if it was like Sean Ross Sapp or Mark Raimondi or like what was one of those dudes. I think had said something about like. I guess that guy had been catfished by a fake Seth Rollins account. Oh god. So like this guy thought he had been interacting with Seth Rollins but wasn't and they probably probably was making fun of him or something. So like I heard that once I don't know if that's true or not but that was something I read. Um but the way that the guy was talking, he was like talking about like how it was a part of the show and like Vince knew him and he was yeah. a part of Roman's <laughs> crew and like <laughs> Yeah, it's like yeah, I remember that. He's like, yeah, Vince, Vincent. He he even brought up somebody else's name, and they booked me. And then I'm going to be in the WWE pretty soon. Like, oh I, yeah, sure. I think I saw Juicy Finau say something about like that guy had been like texting him or messaging him or something. Like, because he th- and he's like, I don't know who the f this dude is. Like, Whoa. you know, but this dude like thinks he's in like the Samoan like bloodline of like the wrestling world. It, like, I. But once again, if he has like actual mental health issues, I'm not just sitting here trying to make fun of the guy, but like the the fact of the matter is this mental health issues or not, like you can't we can't like normalize the idea of people like attacking rather like right. So so someone needs to sit this guy down and explain to him how fake all this is. Like, right. like rather than making fun of the guy, let's like have a real conversation and be like, I'm we'll blow your mind right now, but like Seth Rollins and everyone he's wrestling against, they're they're talking to each other. The referee's telling them what to do. Like not only that, make this very transparent for what you're watching. Like Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns are good friends. Like he doesn't. Roman Reigns doesn't want you to beat up (laughs) 
Colby Lopez. Like this. That's is... where it was the weirdest. Was what you said. Where like he was using his shoot name, but but talking about it like a wrestling storyline. Right. Like, that that was the that stood out the most to me of all of it. Like, like if he would have been like, I did it for Dwayne. I did it for Joe. You know, I did it for you know, like all their their shoot <laughs> names. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. But then it was like when he, he talked about he doing it for Rikishi. I'm like. Are we like throwback to like I did it for the people? I did it for that's, the rock. That's like, what I thought he was saying. Doing? I thought that was like, the idea behind what he was saying. Dude, one of the really sad thing about all this. Go for it. The really sad. He cut a better promo than anything I'd seen in the WWE in a long ass time. <laughs> uh, he might get hired. Who knows? I'm just saying, like, as insane as his monologue was, it was a better promo than you, you i've know, seen in the wwe you know what they should do like they should the xpw should hire him or something well see there's a slippery slope there like remember that superhuman guy who like gcw oh, yeah. booked and all that oh, like yeah i was never really behind that juggalos uh, whoop whoop um <laughs> yeah he but like that that was always weird to me because i felt like there was some sort of mental thing going on with him potentially and like he was like really out there like hurting himself and people were like applauding him and like wanting him to go farther and farther and i was like this dude's gonna like this isn't wind up like really hurting himself or killing himself or somebody else doing these stunts and like now he's i think he's kind of fallen off i i assume like most of the platforms probably deem it as like self-mutilation or harm or something to where like it just doesn't get the exposure it used to but I, he, I mean, he made BTE, didn't he? I'm pretty sure I he think did. So I mean, he I'm was very sure popular did. for a very short time. But it's like you can only up the the ante so many times before it's like, well, we have this dude, dude, like jump off his house through like a flaming truck bed covered in barbed wire. I mean, like Steve this guy, blocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's the same kind of thing. Like this, I, I see like a guy like that, and the dude who like attacked Rollins and stuff, and it's kind of like. You know, once again, I'm not making fun of anybody, but like, I don't think they're like all completely there with like, but like, to we, have that we've mindset. All, we've all met people like that, like where you're, sure. where you're, where you're waiting in line, and you hear them talk, and you're just like, oh boy, like that. This is this is different. Like, imagine waiting in line, and this kid's like saying, like, I'm gonna beat Seth Rollins' ass for the tribal chief, and you're just gonna be like, oh, uh, okay. When cool. you just brush it off and be like, okay, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'd be like, yeah. if you get a chance to talk to him, sure, go for it, you know? And then you're like sitting in your chair, and all of a sudden he actually takes down Seth Rollins, and you're like, oh my God, that was the kid in line, you know? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> wow. Um, Real quick before we get out of here, uh, more WWE releases. Um, at this this time, like it didn't hit me at all. Like I hate to say it, but whenever there were WWE releases, it was all like, "Oh boy, like can't wait." We got some people that are coming to AEW, and now it's just like, "Oh, this is kind of sad." Like this is this is getting bad. Like it's just more unemployed wrestlers. And uh, I don't feel like it's over. I almost feel like this thing is about to be like a monthly thing. And I also feel like that it's it's kind of going to be like this for a long time. Like they're going to be rotating the roster. One thing that that I picked up on Heyman's interview with Ariel, by the way, shout outs to Ariel Hawani. He has been killing it with these uh, wrestling interviews. He gets interviews 
that nobody can get them to open up the way that they do. I don't know what it is, but like him not actually being a part of like pro wrestling media, I think helps a lot. And like Becky's interview was phenomenal. Um, I thought that the Paul Heyman interview was really good. But one thing that he's that Heyman said that really stood out to me was is Vince just wants to rip the band-aid off. If somebody's supposed to cut their hair in February, just cut their hair now. If somebody's supposed to do this, then just do it now. Like we have no time. We have no patience. Like now, 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 now. And in, in the long run, you wouldn't have had Stone Cold Steve Austin if you did that. If you would have just had the ringmaster and you're like, this sucks. He didn't work out. Let's just cut him. Like you would have never had Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you would have decided to do that to Rocky Maivia, you'd never have the rock. Like his philosophy has changed so much that it's just like, you're not going to get anywhere without long-term booking. It's just not going to happen. Long-term champions, long-term booking, like, you know, and, and look at Roman, right? Roman is the long-term storyline. He is the long-term champion. He's the most over in the company. And look at everybody else. It's nothing. So yeah. that, one thing that was very telling to me. Um, and, and so, like, I look at guys like John Morrison. I mean, like, I feel bad, right? But, like, part of me also is like, dude, you knew you what you were getting into. You already left them and didn't want to go back. And then you decided to go back. And, like, this is what happened. And, like, Taya, there's there's uh, her on Twitter defending WWE when she first got signed and talking about, like, oh, the haters say this and this about the company, but it's really the – and now she's the biggest hater there is. She can't stand the company because they fired her and her husband. Well, because she but probably like, thought, like, well, I lost my job. At least he's got, you know, guaranteed 100%. money until I get back on my feet, and then they fired him too. Right, and then like I had a feeling when they fired her and they and he was on the main event, I was like, "Oh, they're gonna fire him," and exactly what happened. Um, or at the very least, one, had to be okay with losing him because like he wasn't right. gonna be happy about the situation. You know, right? What I mean? Exactly. So, they yeah. like okay. Um, one one though that really sticks out to me that I think definitely Swerve. deserves a shot. Swerve. Yeah. He's Swerve. the one Shane unanimously. That's what everyone. Yeah, for sure. Shane AEW. Strickland. I mean, AEW, it makes sense all day long. He's he's He is already an indie star. Um, he will be just fine. It, it, in fact, I think he'll be better off. So uh, I, I think that uh, I think that, that one's exciting because I think he'll be great. I, I don't know if a lot of people saw, but there's a match on Lucha Underground between him and AR Fox, which is just Incredible. the most bonkers, crazy match. And it, I definitely recommend that if you haven't seen it. Yeah, a lot of people probably were Shane well swerve same swerve Strickland, isaiah swerve squat whatever swerve they were they were there were a lot of people that were probably fans of his that didn't even know they were fans of his when he was kill shot they probably know he's the same right same dude it was like that weapons of mass destruction match or whatever it was called for for lucha underground it was like a war based because like the storyline was ar fox or i think they called dante fox on that show yeah it was like that was like the culmination of their big feud and that was an incredible match. that was basically a death match um and something else we didn't even talk about. I'm just going to let you know just because you didn't watch the show. And this just yeah. goes to your point about like the WWE, you know, whoring themselves out for money and all this stuff. And yeah. people in the chat will back me up on this that watched it. I'm not making this up. One of them, one of the matches was literal, like was literally a Pizza Hut commercial. 
Like they they had it was like a battle royal where like half the people were wearing raw shirts and half were wearing SmackDown shirts, but there's no teams. It's still just like one person's gonna win. By the way, Omos won it and he eliminated like half the people himself. Um, but so there was a battle royal. Yeah, it was a battle royal to promote Om- Pizza Hut. And yeah, like the street profits came down to the ring with like a bunch of boxes of Pizza Hut and like oh, and of course you know I I kid you not my when my brother was here he vouched for it. Me and my brother were watching the show together. And I said, hey, you see the fat dude in the ring? And I pointed to Otis. I said, I guarantee you he's eating the pizza by the end of the match. Like, that's just what WWE does. And lo and behold, like, Otis was the only one eating pizza during the match. And then at the end of the match, they were all throwing pizza out into the crowd. Like, it was literally, the match was literally a pizza commercial. Like, and they're going to just do more of that kind of stuff. Like, why wouldn't they? They're going to do more and more of getting onto Nickelodeon and and all all this stuff. Like that's what it is now. Listen, Vince, Vince is the pimp and WWE is the whore. Like that is what what is going on now. Right, and that's like, why you're going to get more of these well, releases because it doesn't. You only need like 15 people on your entire roster to do what they're trying to do. It's true. You know what I mean? Like you only you you probably you bear- need 15 on each roster. I would say so. Like 15, 20 max on Raw and SmackDown. They're probably about 35, 40 over where they need to be. So then it's going to happen. Right. Well, yeah. Like my point is like, you're, you rarely wrestling anyways. Like, and when you yeah. are, it's short and there's a DQ or, I mean, that was another thing about Survivor Series. Within the first like few matches, it was like the first match was like a DQ. The second match was like cheating. The third match was like interference. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it just never, there's no, they never just go out there and just wrestle. There's never just a winner and a loser. And this is the thing too, right? Like with, 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 AEW has used the DQ finish twice this year. Twice. WWE has passed 80. Like, that is just lazy. That is just garbage. And, like, I don't understand how people can criticize AEW, but, like, you watch a company that promotes Pizza Hut and a Battle Royal and promotes, like, a movie by using an egg and pushing their next talent because he found an egg like how can you sit there and tell me that like you would rather watch that than like brian danielson versus kenny omega perfect like, example perfect what example are we like you gotta be picturing in your head the guy who tackled seth rollins because those are the people making those comparisons i like, agree like and there's a lot of them like there there's no like if you, all the all the wb is attempting to do at this point is is literally appeal to the lowest common denominator which is going to be children and adults that are either so loyal they won't stop watching or adults who might not be all there because like it's fun for them still and you just get them exposure 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 you 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 try to drill it into their heads that roman reigns is a star and that whoever else is a star you try to make some stars and then you start in, but you put them other places. You get them into Nickelodeon, and you get Big E into college football, and you get the Pizza yeah. Hut and the you know. Big E had the uh, entrance to uh, Sean Porter. On the yeah, and good field. for he's and he's popped up in pro boxing a few times now. Yeah, um, which I think is great, and that isn't you know that that appeals to more than just children right there. But but right. there were definitely children involved in all this stuff too. There there isn't there's nothing that's like. I guess you can call it Chucky, like a like a rated R type thing, but it's on the USA Network, like back to back with wrestling. Like it's not that 
that adult really at this point in my opinion so it's like you know that's just kind of where it's at that's where the company is going that's what people just need to accept that are going to watch the show and you know that it's it's all about crossovers into other big time properties it's like if they could yeah. get if they get roman reigns well and, but but it's but the, the 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 seesaw of it is but you can't get too big yeah. When you get too big, then you leave, and we're high and dry, like The Rock and Austin and CNN and all them. So, like, I mean, if you got to be big enough to not to, to appeal to the mainstream, but not big enough that you can leave and be on your own. Like, imagine if Roman has the the beat up body of Kenny Omega. He has to step away and get surgery, right? Mm-hmm. What the hell do they, they, they do nothing. going into WrestleMania? Nothing. Like nothing, nothing, nothing. Like. Everyone's got their eggs in, in Steiner Breaker, dude. I'm telling you. Like, that's like everyone thinks that that's, that's it. Like, it's going to be this kid's green as hell still. Yeah. And like, but like all the eggs are in that basket already. We've, like, we've got, we've got Steiner Breaker versus Austin Theory. That's, that's your mania. Well, and that's, I mean, <laughs> so that, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't, I really, and that was another thing about Survivor Series that I've noticed was every, Raw won every single match except for the main event, which was Roman, which I'm sure will be the story going forward. It was like Roman was the only one on SmackDown who could get a W on that show. What's that say about the entire show of SmackDown, though? Like, like you have one guy who's better than everybody else and he's on your show. The rest of your show sucks because you can, none of y'all can beat anyone on the other show except for this one guy. And not even that, like Ariel's basically telling Heyman that Brock versus Roman sucks for WrestleMania. And Heyman's like, oh, but the story so yeah, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dude, are you really about to trot out Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar again at Mania? And I think they are. I honestly yeah. think they are. But like, it'd have to at this point because like they're it, it, like, we're getting close enough to WrestleMania that that would be. That's the only just, thing that would make sense. You just gave it away in Saudi Arabia, and you've done it so many times. This will be the third WrestleMania where that is headlined. Oh, I know. It, I was live at the last one, time they did it. I yeah, was they, too, yeah, and no. it was trash, yeah. and people were passing around beach balls, and I think Roman kicked out of, like, four F5s. Like, it was awful. And Brock still won. Like, and Brock was, still yeah. won. Yeah. Like, like, it got to the point to where the false finishes were so stupid because it wasn't even realistic. Like, you're kicking out all, like, three F5s. You're kicking out of the spear and the Superman punch over it. Like, it was just garbage. And no, none of the crowd cared. Like I said, it was like, like, the kid won the tag team title. And the people yeah. were more invested in that match than the main event. Yeah, that's true. So as far as, like, I mean, we'll get out of here in a minute. But, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. when it came to, like, the other releases and stuff we've pretty much gone over the people that i think are gonna like you know tegan ox might pop up elsewhere she's she just has to be able to stay healthy that's been her issue is is like all the stops and starts with her injuries but then you got guys like you know like jackson Riker, where it's like that no, dude no just chance. He, well he just he's never been over anywhere never like and, and you can you can TNA. save his you can save his political opinion. Just go off of uh, like wrestling yeah. ability, dude. Is garbage, all, and that is all I'm going off of. Like without like, any like opinion, I of the, the I Twitter. never I never wanted to see Gunner ever again. And then he showed up in the WWE, and I was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got like Ashanti the Adonis is solid, but he's not a big enough star that I think he. I mean, he might do all right on the indies. And you got a uh, top dollar who like has already burned oh. his bridge with AEW like before. I mean, 
if you're if you're in the WWE, like and this is a message to anybody in the WWE who might ever see this. Be fully aware that this company could drop you like that. Yeah. So make Shout sure outs to uh to Shotzi who likes to talk crap on Chris Jericho and makes fun of AEW on Twitter when they have botches and stuff. Good luck finding a job when you get cut. Well, that's the whole happen. thing. Is like you like don't burn, do not burn bridges if you're with the WWE thinking like you're secure no matter who you are. Like, well, and this is the thing too that people like don't get at all. But whatever, like, like when you make fun of the young bucks, like those guys have a lot of friends in the WWE locker room. And if you're just some newbie that just shows up in the locker room and you're acting like you're some big superstar and you're making fun of their friends, like it's not going to go over well. And I really think him getting that WWE show for Hidden Treasure really got to his head. I really think that he thought like, oh, I've hit the big time already. I'm on Or, or like at the very and, least, like I always have that to fall back on. Like if I'm not on, right. I'm not on Raw or SmackDown, like they'll have another season of this. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. like that. And then like, you know, he's in NXT not too long and he's already getting signed to the main roster. Like they did the kid no favors because they really filled him up with a bunch of hope, which yep. they shouldn't have done either. So, and I think it's really crappy that like, Swerve was with them, and it's like if they had a problem with one of them, they just got rid of all of them. Like, if anything, I'd have got rid of the young guys and kept Swerve at least, but it is what it is. Like, honestly, if they got rid of him that easy, then they never really had any big plans for him in the first place. So the the whole thing is just... I'm so over the WWE. Like, I really just... They are just... They they are so separate from pro wrestling. It's yeah. just it's not even worth you know, like and it sucks too because there's a huge fan base for them. And like, you know, you still see them all the time in the news and everything, people talking about their shows, but it's like, dude, they're just so irrelevant to a pro wrestling fan. They just are. Like, you like sports entertainment, that's fine, but like Dude, I will take Jay Lethal versus Sammy Guevara any day over anything that they have. Yeah, yeah, undoubtedly. And there's a lot of people that would agree with that. There's a lot of people that cover wrestling that are literally only watching the WWE still because it's their job to. Like, they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't have to watch the show anymore. Like, it's... And some view it like literal punishment. Like I, I, I okay, fine. I'll cover <laughs> yeah. this, but like I can't do raw. I just can't. It's not fair. I want to raise. Like you know what I mean. Like there's like no. It's so bad. Yeah. So. So yeah, I think that's uh, that pretty much covers the uh, the people that were released for the most part. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting too because those mostly were main roster guys, so most of those are ninety days. So. Yeah. When I'll say I did think too. that Rockstar Spud had a really good video. Yeah, that was dope. Good call. That was yeah. really good. And Drake Maverick, he's a dude, Spud, who, uh, like, when I lived in Nashville, because he lived there as well at the same time. He because main evented. Yeah, he main evented a lot of Nashville fairground shows, like independent shows that I go to. Like, and he did a great job as like a main event guy for like those smaller shows. So, like, I've seen what he can really do in front of like in front of you know live audience and stuff i thought he, you know he's kind of, he's still kind of you know with his size and stuff it would be a bit limited but like he has a lot of charisma and he's solid in the ring and i think you know what would be really cool is if they did 
a, some sort of storyline. I don't know what company you do it. I mean, Impact would make the most sense. But if they did some sort of storyline like AEW or something where <laughs> they paired up Spud and EC3 again and yep. they brought in Dixie Carter as an on-screen character with them. I think yeah, that would be, be interesting. That'd be really with like all the polarizing opinions of Dixie, like to have her is just nothing behind the scenes at all, just a strict on-air character with EC3 and Rockstar Spud. I think that could be uh that could be something maybe maybe even like to try to get the company back to Dixie or something. Yeah, exactly. Like you got yeah, figure something like I mean, there's a lot of cool stories you could tell. And one more thing that I'll just try to forget don't forget to uh, bring it up. When it comes to future releases, you know me. I'm never like advocating people to lose their job yeah, or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But I'm but I will say, if you want to know who's next, just look at who's been performing on 205 Live. That's the easiest way to tell. Like because it's that's the that's the land of just purgatory of like they have no they have they have no idea what to do. With. You're not going to be on Raw. You're not going to be on SmackDown. They have no plans for you within NXT 2.0. So they just have you wrestling somewhere. So you're not just collecting a paycheck without doing anything. The majority of the people outside of the main roster, of course, if you look at 205 Live, it's, you know, Davari, Nice, Stallion, uh, Alex Zane, Anthony Henry, like all, all the dudes who were like consistently on that show. Like I've been seeing Roderick Strong on 205 Live a lot lately because he's a cruiserweight champion. But even Kushida never wrestled on 205 Live when he had that title. Well, like, and it's funny, too, because like... Um... Sean Ross Sapp, like people keep bringing up Roderick Strong for uh, AEW, and he's like, "Oh, that's not happening." He signed a new deal. That didn't mean a damn thing. Like they'll they'll drop that deal in a ha- like with with nothing. And I and I really think Tony Khan is on a high recruitment uh, level uh, promo because he's basically saying like. You're signing a temporary agreement. You're not signing a contract. In AEW, you're signing a contract and your family. Like, if you're a wrestler and you're about to be a free agent and you hear that, like, that's that's huge. Yep. Totally agree. And WWE is going to basically treat you like an employee but give you no employee benefits. I mean, you're just going to be stuck between a rock and a hard place. You basically just have to hope that you're the next Roman Reigns. That's really the only, like... Because he's the only one who's like really, honestly, I think he's the only one who's safe in that entire company. I thought of like maybe Becky, but like that, that's it. Like I don't think like I, I think Charlotte will eventually find a way out because I don't I think don't doubt she wants to be there anymore. Um, I, I mean, think, I think like the people that are mainly getting, you know, I think your Biggies, your Romans, your Charlotte, your Beckys, Rollins, McIntyre, yeah, Rollins, like those guys are safe. But damn, but they like, fired Drew before. No, I agree. But I mean, he never was champion or anything. Like only I only got I, a lot bigger before he came. <laughs> but um, but I mean, much if you're under that though, like it, you're you need to get nervous. But even then, it's like guys like Braun Strowman and, and Bray Wyatt and stuff that were like I thought were in that same boat. But yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, yeah, for sure. says AJ Styles is not safe. I think AJ Styles is safe, but I think it's going to be up to him if he wants to let his contract run out and go somewhere else. I don't see the WWE getting rid of him. Um, because well, I, he's I think too it's good this, at what he honestly. Does. I think it's retirement and signing like a legends contract to where he'll be in video games, figures, and all that for the future, or it's AEW. I yeah. think that's those. Are, I don't think he's going to continue wrestling for the WWE after this contract. So it's either retirement. 
And that or it's going to be to actually wrestle like one year in AEW to like go out with the bang. Yeah. I, like and I, I hope said, he goes to AEW. Yeah, that's got to be. I mean, I think his AJ. last year, I think his last year in wrestling has been a joke. Like his last year for the WWE, it's is all of the it's all a vehicle to get over Omos. That's I the agree, whole, and he's, the whole thing. he's he's too good for that. That's nonsense. Oh no, I agree. But like that's that's probably no, the mindset is you know they're probably like it. he's gonna leave anyways. So like we're gonna make him like this is our guy for the future. I, I'm telling you, man. I Omos is gonna he'll be the like he'll probably be. He'll, I'll call it right now without knowing anything about where the WWE's heading. It'll he'll probably beat Big E for the title at WrestleMania. All right, on that note, we'll go ahead and call it a night. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, by the way, shout out to your Vikings. They did their job. They really helped the Cowboys out. I super appreciate it. You guys got a huge game uh, this week because it is wild card. This, In my opinion, the wild card's on the line. It's either you or the 49ers. The so, Niners, that's right. Yeah, I've got to look at my you, calendar. And you're both, I think, five and five. So it's like this is – Whoever wins this game is going to be in wild card contention. So you want to win this game to get that wild card spot. So good luck this week. Um, we got the Raiders. I think we'll bounce back. We have Tyron Smith coming back. It was just a losing Amari and then losing CD after that. And then not having your two defensive ends, Randy Gregory or Demarcus Lawrence and not having Tyron there. Like it was just too much. We, we couldn't overcome it Their Dak was under pressure all game and, it would just didn't work out. So I'm not panicking though. I think I still think we're a really good team and I think we'll do really well, but just wasn't, wasn't our day. Um, also, Michael, shout outs to you. Your pats look legit. They got me 26 points in fantasy on defense last week. So defense is looking fantastic. And they now have the same record as the bills. And it looks like they're going to even win the division. So Shout outs to the Patriots. And I, I don't know what it is, but the Patriots are much more likable without Tom Brady. It's just, it's just is what it is. So, anyways, guys. <laughs> yeah, school Vikings. Huge win. School Vikings. I was very happy. With that. Yes, for Beat sure. The Packers. That was huge. Kirk Cousins is playing out of his mind. People, there you go. <laughs> people like any any of his haters out there who he throws a pick every. I don't care. I'm fine with him throwing a pick every now and then. If the rest of the game he's airing it out to Justin Jefferson like that. Because we're getting pass interference calls based on those. We're getting just big, big drives. And yeah, Kirk's going to, every quarterback's going to throw a few picks here or there. But that dude, people need to get off his case. That guy is having a, like a, if the Vikings like hadn't lost a couple of close games, people would be talking about him potentially MVP. I'm, I'm not biased by saying like his, he is playing great football. So, It'll be really interesting what you guys do with head coach and how much better he would be with a different head coach. No, but Zimmer's like slowly saving his job week after week now. It's yeah, it's y'all make wild. the playoffs. See, he's gonna be there. But Zimmer's opening up now. Like you can tell, like because he's even saying, I saw his an interview. I think it was yesterday he did where he was saying like people were asking him about Kirk and they're like, hey, Kirk's really like airing it out and Jefferson's like playing great and this and that and it's opening up for Dalvin Cook and all these things are going so great. But then they're also like, but a couple of these these picks that Kirk's throwing are the really close picks that almost get picked off and stuff. And I loved that Mike Zimmer responded by saying, I'd rather him keep playing like that and put the foot on the jugular than play it safe. Yeah. And it's like, that's yeah. exactly what I've been talking about. Mike Zimmer, if he has that mindset, I'm fine with him staying as the coach. 
but it's all these little underneath plays and just playing to stay in the game. If Zimmer's mentality is let Cousins air it out, we got it. We got we got a chance again. So Skull Vikings, we got the win, helped you out too, and that's the last thing I'll see about say about today. I'm very very proud of my Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, it's awesome. Sorry guys, follow us on Twitter. Please hit that like button. Um, please leave a comment down below. Talk about what your favorite topics were that we talked about. Um, I'll try to respond to each comment. So. I appreciate you guys as always. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Enjoy the holidays. Eat all the food you can. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.